This is episode 91 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. I am Ted Stoven. He's Wacey Anderson. We've been through 91 shows together and about, uh, what would it be, like 20 rounds of golf now for our lifetime? Pretty near. Pretty near. I'd say more than 20 rounds. We've almost got 20 in (laughs) together this year. (laughs) We've got a few. We've been uh, There's not many events. There's not many events. Not a lot of stuff going on. I am working. To my bosses, if they are listening, I do work. I'm working still too. I got my first real big boy job. Yeah, social media manager, Aspen Properties. Write it down. Look the kid up. He does yeah. media stuff. Check him Doing out. Some media stuff. Doing some he media has, and marketing. He has a professional job. Uh, headshot on LinkedIn. He mm-hmm. is uh, a professional. Big so, things happening. Not a big, big things deal. happening. Not it's sweet, man. I got my first real like salary paycheck on Friday. Yeah, it was and good let me too, tell right? it's a nice, nice feeling, man. It's a nice feeling to have some, some st- yeah. <laughs> stability that way. It'll be, it'll be nice. Can I, I can actually start rebuilding my savings at post university. There you go. Spend it all on golf, probably. But most likely. But hey, that's all right. I'm um, liking the sport, man. I'm liking the sport. I'm glad you had a, you shot some made some good shots this weekend. Did you uh, did you get a birdie both days? Is that right? Mm, maybe. No, I'd have to look at the cards. I think I only got one birdie this that weekend. Was today, today. But I got a few pars. I, I could string together a few pars. Yeah, it's coming. Good. The game's coming. They're I, it's, just those those nines. They're tough on us. They're not good. Fucking nines. And, and man, honestly, too, like Valley Ridge is a fucking hard course. <laughs> like honestly, like really, like it is a really hard course. I got because I golfed uh, a couple weekends ago with my brother and Warman at his course, and like. It's easy. It's not near as hard as Valley Ridge. <laughs> like, like, and like not trying to take that's a beautiful course there. And like, it's challenging in its own right, but like there is so much more room for error. Mm-hmm. Like, like the back nine at Valley, like you can get screwed so many different ways, <laughs> you know, which we have in every way. Oh so man. Yeah. Literally we've been Ugh. screwed 17 different ways in the back nine. Yeah. Tuesday. I feel on Tuesday we got back nine booked for tuesday because you only book nine yeah. at a time in alberta because yeah. of the stupid rules because of the vid um but yeah i think we're gonna be the back nine bandits on tuesday yeah, there you go i like mm-hmm. your attitude we gotta get the uh we gotta get Positive attitudes only gotta get away from those high scores anyways anyways i had a had a i had one of my i had, one, I had my best score ever on nine this last week it was great got a 38 i was only two over that was a good we were the boys were buzzing that was a good. A that was a good round. Pretty good, pretty good goal. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and you had your best ever. You were at forty six. Forty six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it was pretty solid. The uh, the weekend was decent to uh, to us. Finally, some nice weather, sun. dude. Yeah, how about that? Oh eh? god, Shit, I was looking. Yeah. I was checking out my tan lines after because I got burnt a little bit today. <laughs> Ugly. Like, I uh, I was uh, was I I was in pretty good shape when I had my shorts on, and then I got my put my pants on. I was like, ooh. A little crispy there. I missed a couple spots with the old sunscreen. <laughs> I saw you had a little nap this afternoon too. Yeah, with me and the pup. We're watching. I the, uh, I'm full disclosure. I had like a 20 minute nap. Man, yeah, did you watch okay. that game, the Florida game? Uh, no, but I watched. Uh, that was the, uh, nuts. I missed the Florida game, but I watched the uh, what one? I watched part of the Vegas Minnesota. Minnesota beat them. 
man. Anyways, tell me what that, happened with that one. I don't know. I didn't that know Florida that. game was like one of the best hockey games that ever I've ever watched. Really, it was insane. Like the, the, the both teams were just buzzing around. Like really, everybody's hitting. Like there's scrums after every whistle. Like it was. It was there's Battle fans in the building. There's fans in the building too. So like there was yeah. some sort of an atmosphere too. Right and on. then it like literally one of the best hockey games okay, that I've so ever who seen. Won? Uh, Tampa won. They scored it uh, to win five four with a okay. minute left. Braden Point on the breakaway. Oh, cool. Okay, that's gonna be a hell of a series. Oh yeah, gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, man, we'll do some playoff picks in the in the back end in the back half. We'll see what yeah, everybody sure, else man. is thinking too. But so uh, we'll write that down for last. But the other thing I want to talk off, I got two more points on the top here. Yeah, uh, give her man. No worries. So. Uh, vaccine. We both got our vaccine so far. First shot. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Morton's got his first shot. Storm's getting hers on Tuesday by the time you all hear this. Um, I saw a metric. I, st- I saw a metric today that we're 41% of, of all Albertans have their first shot. So we're doing really good on that. 40 number. and 47% of, uh, 47% of, uh, adults, right? So we need, what do we need to get 62 to get 64, to 64 gets the, uh, restrictions to go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know it's very politicized and there's a lot of opinions, opinions on this. Uh, it's a polarizing both. topic. Yeah. We've, <laughs> we've all got it. Um, we haven't died yet. So haven't turned into good. a robot yet. I things know are good. a lot of folks that have got it now in our business. Um, might be, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you to get it. If you don't want to get it, I'm not going to say that. Um, I just want to encourage everybody. I think it's going to help us get back to work quicker. Um, we've all had, I'd be surprised if there's someone listening that has never had a vaccine before. I'd be very surprised. And this one is no different than any other one. So. Yeah. I don't know. People, there's a lot of, there was a lot of quite people like are questioning in the process and all this kind of stuff. I remember when H1N1 came around, like the vaccine came out for that, like super quick. And like, I, we all got bust from Nakem to Melford to get our H1N1 shots. Yeah, I mean, we just did it. Like nobody questioned it. Whatever, huh. like, we trust the process and whatever. Fair like, enough. yeah, I just like I'd, I don't be know. Su- I'd be surprised. It's it's science. Those guys know what the fuck they're doing. So I'm not gonna argue science. Take it and or, I I, I understand the like business aspect when it comes to the different companies and all that kind of stuff, but it's still yeah. science. You can't. You can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I can't argue yeah. science. So I'm not gonna sit here and argue against. It. I trust. I trust that process. And uh, again, I'm. I'm sick of this shit and I'm sure everybody is and I'm frustrated and, and I mm-hmm. want to get back to like normal and have my life back and be able to do stuff. And yeah. If this is, way, this if this is a way, way to do it, if there's a way to do it, man, fuck, I'll take all three vaccines. I'll have to take, take them. Yeah. Let's get her done. I agree. So uh, I don't know what else to say about that. If you can get mm. a vaccine, get it. We're very privileged to have the opportunity to have them. We're a little late than some places, but I uh, hope everybody can get, get their vaccines and let's get, uh, get back to work, have some events coming up. We got, uh, speaking of events, we've got the Calgary stampede, uh, is, is going ahead. That one's going ahead. Uh, the PBR Canada as well. Uh, the, the Canadian cup series is back this fall in Saskatoon. So we've got some events on the horizon. We're supposed to go to Tanner Burns house start of June for an event. Uh, mm-hmm. got some stuff going. Clooney's coming back. What else? Got a few on Jeez. the calendar now. So yeah, a few things on, on the go. It's good, good here for Stampede, man. And that's like oh, yeah. it's such an important event for Calgary. And things have been so hard here for the city for so long that I think having Stampede back will be like just a huge injection of life back into the city and get people kind of buzzing again. I just see an update on uh, CFR. 
We understand that everyone is eagerly waiting information for this year's CFR. At this time, we can confirm we are we are actively planning and optimistic that we will have inf that we will have more information soon. Basically, there's not a lot to be said there yet. I mean, they're they're at a point too, though. Like, there has to be a certain like enough rodeos for them to go, right? So hopefully that we can get buzzing again here and get the schedule back going. You know what I mean? Like it'd be similar. Like you can't if there's not enough rodeos for them to have a season. Then how do you have a CFR? Mm -hmm. So. Hopefully that can get sorted. I hope the I hope the CPRA is ready to uh, get back in action when the when we're allowed to. Mm -hmm. Got some. Uh, we've got a lot of June stuff on the go here. Looks like uh, we're moving back a bunch of stuff. Looks like the first CPRA event might be in Bonnyville, June eighteenth and nineteenth. It looks like a little bit, a little bit early maybe on that one, but we'll see see what happens there. But Pinoka, not far behind, but. With the way things are going, we might be uh, might be able to get some stuff done. We'll see what happens here. But. By the, by, in Saskatchewan, they're planned like by the end of June, like they're Back wide rolling. open again. Yeah, yeah, things are happening. So I mean, their hope is on the horizon, man. It's 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 good to have something to like see the light at the end of the tunnel because it's been a long uh, <laughs> a long road to where we are now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, last thing I want to mention, I had some a whole bunch of speakers stolen out of a trailer here at the house. So if anybody knows the whereabouts of those speakers, I know nobody listening would know specifically, but uh, it's a few different things. So anybody that might have a handle on some of that things, I don't know. I just feel shitty for getting stuff stolen from here. So all this, um, all your stuff has everything cowboy stickers on it too. Like yeah. it should be hard, easy to identify if like someone's probably, they probably, they've probably uh, taken those off by now, but uh, I have all the serial numbers and I have serial numbers on all the mixers and everything. So uh, if anybody just comes across anything, I've been scouring everywhere I can think of, but uh, keep an eye out for some speakers. The uh, They have gone missing. So Somebody needed them more than you did, I guess. Apparently. So so anyways, I'd appreciate some help on that. I don't know. It might be kind of fruitless to try, but anyways, appreciate anybody that might, you know, be in a pawn shop somewhere and just <laughs> have an eye out, you know, <laughs> if you see if you see some speakers in a pawn shop, give me a shout. They might be um, Ted's. Might be mine. Anyways, thanks to our guest this week, Chad Bestplug. He's coming up after this. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, episode number 91. We'll be back right after this. Be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman, there, drink my wine. Plowman, dig my earth. None will let He's a three-time Canadian champion bull rider, 2012 PBR world finalist, the 2012 Calgary Stampede $100,000 champion, and the founder of Alpha Bull Inc. Hailing from Claire's home, Alberta, it's Chad Bestplug. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, Chad. It's been a while. We had you on the 50th episode with Donnie Joe, but it wasn't really your show, so we had to bring you back and do a official the Chad, Chad show. The Chad show. The Chad show. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, guys. The last one was fun. We had a blast doing that. 
That was a good time, eh? It was fun having like guys from each like different generation breaking it down. I think that there was so much value in having that like different like groups of people to like really bring the list together. That was that was a fun yeah, one. Yeah, I mean it's a tricky. It was kind of tricky going through it, right? Because like lots of the those old guys we you know I'd seen a few videos from, and you know I you'd always hear about these guys, but as far as like you know video evidence that we have you know we have now is we don't have we didn't have a ton of that right so it was uh, but it was interesting to to hear donnie talk about about those guys and just how good they were because like you know he's watched as much bull riding as anybody in the country so mm-hmm. he could probably make that list from top to bottom out of just stuff he's seen in his lifetime so from the feedback that you got did we get it right or did a bunch of people give you shit after because we because uh, we messed up the order and messed it up how do we do uh, i don't know i don't i didn't uh, i don't think I don't know. I didn't really. Pad blocks out the haters. <laughs> <laughs> I only had one thing on that. It was that Billy Melville told me that I got it all wrong because Smokey Snyder from like the 1920s was the actual guy that should have been first. He tried to tell me that. Because Billy was alive in the 1920s. But, but the Smokey Snyder was like apparently Canadian too. But when I look back at it, he was born in California. So I was like, take off, Billy. You're wrong. Yeah, I didn't know that. They put I mean, it in Canadian Cowboy Country magazine. And I was like, oh. Well, congrats. You guys are still wrong because I made a list of Canadian-born people. So <laughs> take off. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's good. Sorry, Wace. Go ahead. Okay. So I was going to ask, because we, like, a few, geez, that'd be, like, a while back now. Ted and I, like, broke down that, like, night of the 90s at the PBR when oh, all those yeah. guys were, like, 90. Like, how, like, what, were, in your standpoint, like, how can you compare, like, those rides from that era to, say, like, when – Jose rode like Wupa at the world finals last year. Like, how do you decide like where are the greatest rides are all, of all time in that sense? I mean, in my opinion, I watched that, that night of the nineties too, mm-hmm. whenever that came out, but I mean, I watched it back when it, when it actually happened mm-hmm. as well. and, and that night was incredible, but to be honest, like, like most of those rides don't, I mean, they make weekly Jose or Cooper or Jess or somebody makes a ride that's better than every ride that night. Like, there, there were some great rides that night for sure. Like uh, I think Terry Don rode promised land and Chris Shivers rode trick or treat. Those were incredible rides, but I mean, yeah, that Jose, like he, he makes a, a ride that's like better than both of those almost every weekend. Every so weekend, yeah. it, it's incredible, man. I, uh, for the most part, just watched the, the highlights on YouTube and, and Instagram from, from the previous uh, weekend. So I just see the best rides, but it, from each weekend, but it's, uh, it seems like, man, even in the last, like, 10 years it seems like that level has it just keeps keeps they keep raising the bar it's awesome so what's it gonna take to break the, like the highest score ever you think like i i don't know man that i was thinking about that the other day the disappointing thing is uh you know with our sport being a judge sport is you know you can't really tell you can't really help where that judging and what that style of judging is going to be like at any given time so it seems like i think what they've done now is really really brought it back down so when you see a 90 when you see a 90 point ride it's incredible where you know 15 years ago uh, lots of 90 point rides were were like an 84 point ride now <laughs> i like how the scoring is now because it makes a 90 a really legit 90 uh but at the same time it kind of skews history you know when you uh, a bunch of those 96 point rides aren't you know aren't even aren't even the same league as stormies and and mm-hmm. other ones right or even like when JB rode Pearl Harbor, man, that was like one of the rankest rides. Yeah, yeah, there's, it's crazy. There's so many that uh, been there's been so many, you know, in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. What are your What are your thoughts on the PBR versus the PRCA in the last, you know, 
20 years. What are your thoughts there? Uh, competition wise, it's just not even close. Um, I mean, Sage, Sage seems like they're the, the PRCA guys are, there's a bunch of really tough guys for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, right now, Sage and, uh, and Stetson, right. Are, are, um, you know, I think they would, <clears throat> excuse me. I think they'd be uh, world champion <clears throat> type guys in the, in the PBR or top five or 10 type guys. But man, I would love to see those guys go to the PBR and watch them ride against Jose and Jess and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the rest of them. But I mean, as far as the, you look at the PBR, it's just so deep, like, you know, all the way down to 30th, the 30th guys is, is unreal. What about the the money right now? I I I don't know if we talked about it much last show, Wacy, but I was looking at the like the year yearly standing so far, and it just it seemed crazy that like the guy that was forty fifth in the world only only made like four grand or something. It was kind of wild and kind of I was kind of disappointed to see, but that hasn't yeah. really come a long ways lately, honestly. Like, you think that COVID has an effect on that though, just with the volume of events? Because like a lot of those like mid tier guys make a ton of money at the velocity tour level. Or at the touring pro level, I guess like they can grind out an extra sixty or fifty grand just by winning those smaller events. Yeah, but still, at the end of the day, like even even before COVID, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say because like I, I haven't looked at the stats. I just remember from when I was competing that you know the thirty fifth guy in the world uh, or thirtieth guy in the world, even the twenty fifth guy in the world wasn't wasn't making great money. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it seems like you got to be top ten, top fifteen to. And I know it's a, I know it's a tough year. Like I know it's a COVID year too, but like number eight in the world right now, junior Patrick Souza, he's number eight in the whole PBR. He's made 30 grand and it's yeah. May. That's you know, like, up. no, no offense, but like, that's wild. You know, yeah. like if, if you or I, like if any of us, like that's what guy guys got to make in a, you know, that's just, that's just to survive. Seem, <laughs> that's right? barely enough that's barely to, survive. to survive right now. And even travel and get around. Yeah, so it just seems kind of wild. Like, and it's kind of like that thirty thousand dollars just goes all the way down to twenty-two. Cody Nance has made twenty-six thousand. Uh, Jess Lockwood's made twenty grand this year. The guy in twenty-fifth has made twelve grand. You go down a little further. The guy in thirty-first hasn't even made ten thousand. He's won ninety-six hundred. Mm-hmm. He rode forty-five percent of his bulls at the PBR. Has made has even made ten grand this year. It's May. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it just seems it just seems kind of wild to me. I don't know what the solution is especially this year but it just seemed like it's totally waited so crazy bizarre. the guy so number 46 in the world has made 2500 bucks andrew alvarez <laughs> that's wild that's, that reminds me like remember when dakota did really well at that yeah. staple center iron cowboy they like showed the, the stats from the weekend the pbr as a whole of like the, the top point earners and it was the guy who won the, the iron cowboy and then Dakota, yeah, and then Dakota didn't even show up on the list, and he finished like second or finished third fourth. in the average. And yeah. like, there's guys with like events in Australia who had made more points and money than he did that same weekend. That yeah, was such a joke. He's been on 19 bulls, hasn't even he's made 2,500 bucks, and number one in the world's made 100 and 150,000. Yeah, yeah, top I also don't understand how their point system works. Like, <laughs> I'm lost now. Yeah. Explain that to me the other day, and it's it's beyond me as I'm well. Lost. So, it's hard to tell where that is uh, uh or you know what that how the payout works based on how they're placing at events right where yeah, yeah. i don't know i can't really speak on it because i don't uh, i have no idea <laughs> i don't follow close enough <laughs> yeah. anyways chad we uh i guess i gotta i gotta make kind of like a statement on your career so far i want to say you didn't go to the most events ever like you you definitely <laughs> you picked and chose i think really right like 
but then on the second side of it, you had a lot of injuries. So starting, like I look back on pro bowl stats here, your first year competing is Oh five and you go till 15. You only rode for basically 11 seasons in the, in professional ranks. Right. And there's the only year you had more than 50 outs on pro bowl stats. It was 2012 when you made the world finals and won Calgary mm-hmm. and 11 and 13, you won Canada. So, um, I just, I just want to throw that out there and let you go from there. I'm not sure where yeah. you want to start, but like, I was about the bull ride. <laughs> well, man, I was, I've thought about that often too. So I've had, it's, uh, it's eight or nine, um, like major, uh, reconstructive shoulder surgeries, uh, like six month recovery type surgeries. So if it's, you know, if it's eight, that's 48, uh, 48 months. So it's like, you know, it's, it's four years uh, that I, I sat out just with those, right. And not counting the other shit that happens along the way. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I felt honestly, I felt like there was there was like only a few years where I had didn't have a surgery at at some point during it. But uh, um, and then at that at the at the same time, I did start to uh, I did start to realize, especially up here, um, you know, I'd be in that I did have a harder time staying healthy. I didn't go and get on uh, shit and hope that I got a reride. Um, you know, I wasn't traveling to get on something that I was going to be seventy five on. So I uh, I turned out and I went and got on got on the good ones everywhere and and uh yeah it seemed to work uh in some ways for sure but uh but definitely probably missed some opportunities too by by not uh not going as much well do you do you think some of that some of those injuries later on were from riding the rankest bulls when you were so young too because you like didn't you win the uh was it the pcb like before you were even 18 or is that right or what when when did you win that yeah, I won that when I was 16. So that the PCB is what it, well, I think it was the year after, two years after I won it, it turned into PBR Canada. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, we were riding against, at that time it was like Kelly Armstrong, Justin Volts, kind of that era of guys. Schiffner, of course, he's <laughs> old. Um, <laughs> he's in every era of bull riding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that wasn't my first year uh, riding big bulls. Like I started, uh, started riding um, at those events when I was, uh, I think I went to a couple when I was 14, then quite a few when I was 15 and then a lot when I was 16 and, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, my first shoulder, first time, um, having shoulder surgery was that year as well when I was 16 and, um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it was not, uh, it was not the smartest move. I mean, obviously I, I was a strong kid and I had the ability to do it, but, uh, my body wasn't, wasn't, um, you know, wasn't matured enough, I don't think. And, and I don't think I knew how to train properly at that time either to, uh, to prevent some of these injuries. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking back, um, I would definitely have taken my time uh, a lot longer. But I mean, I was, a, man, I was a hard-headed kid that was, I mean, some of this stuff hasn't changed, but um, I mean, I wasn't going to listen <laughs> to anybody telling me I needed to slow down or wait. Um, that just was not... Uh, you know, I was going all out, um, from a very young age. So definitely played a role. You're uh talk about going, like doing that though, going, going all out when you were younger, you, I, I thought, I thought back on this quite a bit and you travel with Tyler and Max and Ty for a number of years. And you traveled with, uh, with, with, uh, like crusty and, and Posy for a while, but there was quite a bit where you kind of made your own tracks too, where you, you kind of, you know, you made your own trail and you didn't really conform to anybody. And, you know, cause you were going, if you were turning out somewhere that didn't really 
not a lot of guys did that, I guess. So it was kind of a, probably a tougher way to go too. Right. Uh, well, not really. I guess like when I was I, more so when I was younger and, and traveled, like, I guess from 18 to like 23, probably somewhere around there, I was in the U S mostly. Yeah. So at that time it was like, whoever was down there. Like I traveled with Rod and Denny Hay quite a bit yeah. back then. And then, uh, Dustin Elliott, uh, the world champion from down there that I, I was with for a little while. Uh, but then, yeah, when I came back, um, pretty quickly after when I stayed up here for, for those next few years, um, I, uh, I started traveling with, with Tyler. So, uh, I was kind of with those, with those guys, uh, for the most part, you know, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't so much, it was more, more so injury. So, you know, I'd be home for a month or two. And then when I got healthy, I'd be back in with the guys. Uh, just going back to like, you, you say how you maybe should have taken it slower jumping into like driving the big bulls and stuff. Do you think that that taught you how to win at an early stage of your career? Like you obviously have, have had to win and, and stay on at the biggest stages. And you think by starting that out early that it made you more successful in your, later in the, in your career? Uh, no, I don't actually. Really? I think, uh, I think if anything, um, this might sound crazy too, but I, I think if anything, it, uh, it was harder on my confidence because there were a lot of injuries that came very young before mm. I was, uh, I was, was mature, like in many ways later on in my career, I could have shoulder surgery, be out for eight months and then, um, come back and get on without practicing. But when I was young, it took, uh, it seems like my, I think my confidence was a lot more fragile and it took me a little bit more to, uh, to get back into it. Um, and then, you know, there were a lot of them, like there was, you know, it wasn't one or two, it was like eight or nine. Right. So, mm. Um, but you know what I kind of realized, I guess, probably like by my early twenties was, um, after I'd had enough of them and came back from them, I did kind of start to realize, well, like I'm not quitting. This isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, ruining my ability or anything like that. So I guess I'll just keep getting them and keep getting them fixed and keep coming back. And that just kind of seemed to be repetitive. I think if anything, it just taught me resiliency more than anything. Mm -hmm. When you, and you were like one of the early adopters of like the outside of the arena work when it comes to like training and putting in the work that way, like where did that stem from? Uh, well, I mean, I was always an athlete in school, so I liked working out. Um, I mean, every other sport you play, you realize you have to put in time in the gym. Uh, I don't know why forever bowler. I just thought they, they could get around it. Like the best guys in the world are proving that right now. They're all, they're all gym rats, but uh, I think pro it was probably watching Adriano and just how, how dominant he was back then. And, and, uh, and then, you know, he was very vocal about, about uh, his time in the gym. And I just thought like, that's the one thing. It's the one thing you can control. You can't really control your ability or injuries or a bunch of that stuff, but you can control how hard you work. And, and that seemed like the easiest place to, to do that. I mean, it's, it's not hard to, uh, I mean, the gym sucks if you push yourself, but it's not hard to, make yourself go there every day. It's not, uh, I mean, it's up to you whether you go or not. So that seems like an easy variable to control in a sport with, uh, with many uncontrollables. Yeah. I'm looking back at some of these pro bull stats numbers, Chad, and going back to like Oh five Oh six and some of these different outs. Uh, I saw one where they marked this bull 48 and a half. Um, it, I think it, I think it was Copperhead slinger in oh, like Denver. Denver. Yeah. 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 That was, so that was actually before, um, uh, that was before he really was famous. He was, he was massive and, uh, and, uh, like he was a full grown bull when I got on him, but he was, I think it was, it was that year and, and the years following that he really started building a name, but 
yeah, that still would be the, that's the best bull I've ever been on, on that trip. Um, yeah, he was incredible. Busted my chin open. Oh, really? Uh, it was, uh, he was cool though. It, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what did he, what did he do? What, like how far did you go on him to be almost a hundred? If they, if he, <laughs> he, he just, I mean, kind of similar to, he was really wild. Um, I have a picture where he's like almost sideways, uh, kind of head throwing right back in your face, but he just was leaping like way up in the air, throwing his head. Like he just was awesome. You know, flashy he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess he kind of, he was kind of a, he was a little more explosive when I got on, like kind of leaping way up in the air. Uh, and then eventually just uh, came back and tagged me in the chin. And that was it. That was it. Some of these uh, I'm looking back in, in 06 and that must've been one of the years where you're really, like what, what I, could I say you were in contention or in the, you would have been in the, in the top probably 40, 50 guys or 30, 40 guys in the PRCA, especially after a big, uh, uh, big, big week in Houston. You made the, made the short round in Houston. Is that right? Yeah. So that year, well, I, I was in the top 15, I was in the top, top 15, 10, but, yeah. uh, I, I, uh, got hurt in, uh, in Salinas that I fractured oh. my hip and was, that was another six month or shit. So yeah, season ended right there. Damn. So you're in the top 15, got a chance to make the NFR. And then after that, you, you went again, Oh seven and then going into Oh eight, Oh nine. But like, I look, or yeah, I guess you didn't really go back to the States a ton after that. That was kind of like you tried the next year and then it was kind of back to Canada and the PBR side of things for the most part. Hey, like that was what changed that then to stay home more. I don't know. I can't remember now. No, a long time ago. <laughs> I'm just, I'm curious. So I'm looking back because, because then it looks like you put a bit more focus in, in Canada. Yeah. Because there's not, was, any, not any more US outs much. I think that was when, when I got hurt, I went to university for a bit in Edmonton. So I think oh, that was that, that next year I started doing that and then, uh, and then stayed up here for a few years till I went back, uh, uh, went back PBR to PBR yeah. later on. And then the year you really got going was, uh, was, well, you won, you, you were in, uh, Clovis, you won Clovis, California on like Thursday night. And then you were back in Mar Wayne the next night. That oh, was, yeah. a, that was, was that 2012 or was that 11? I forget now. Uh, that was 2012. Cause it was after that, that I got on t- tour after that weekend. Yeah. After Clovis. And then you yeah. got and made a, made a run of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a cool year. That was a lot of fun. Well, that was, that was your career year really like to win Calgary. Like I, I, I mean, considering the the year and the the earnings and the world finals like that had to be a like well that you're competing against the best guys you you might have won canada you know with the pcb and the cpa twice but that had to be your you know your career year i think right yeah i agree and like i mean winning canada is prestigious but at the same time winning calgary's especially with the new format in my opinion is the bigger accomplishment because you're you're you really are beating the best guys in the, the world to win that one so t- really it's really tough hmm. um so yeah that would have been yeah, that was a great year. There was kind of a few right at the right at the end there that were memorable, but yeah, financially that would have been my favorite year. <laughs> what'd you what'd you do with the hundred grand? Uh nothing. Like I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was so cool the way you won Calgary though. Like after the like that was the year after the flood, right? Or the year uh, after the year flood? Before. No, year before the flood. Yeah, but either way, like straight on Sunday in the in the rain, muddy arena. Yeah. Like that was yeah. that was that was one of the cool I remember watching that on TV. That was like one of the coolest, like rodeo moments in like canadian rodeo history for sure man it was like it was a cool moment for me i don't know if you guys have seen the pictures but um you know normally the back they're packed on uh yeah on um 
on that Sunday. Right. But, mm. but on, on that day it was, it was miserable out. Like it wasn't just raining. It was, the wind was blowing. It, it was, was cold. So yeah. So on the back of the shoots is just, just all my buddies and, uh, and my dad's back there. And, uh, and then same thing when they're doing the check and bronze presentation on the stage, uh, there was, there was like a crowd of, I don't know, there wasn't many people. Normally that place is packed and there's maybe like 50 people down there. Uh, but it was like a ton of my friends from Claire's home and uh, had come up and it, yeah, it was just, it was pretty cool. Pretty intimate. That's how are you that. feeling? How, yeah. How are you feeling getting on, like on back of the shoes? It's cold. It's miserable out. Like, are you like, what are you doing to keep your motor running to get the job done there? Honestly, I'd, I'd never, I didn't mind riding in the rain. Um, I mean, it's like, it's the same as riding not in the rain. And I could tell <laughs> that's, <a good> point. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> and I could tell, I could tell that I could tell some guys didn't want to be there. And so as soon as the, I could tell they didn't want to be there, I just knew I had a upper hand on them. And, and I just always like, I loved having that inner voice. Of, like, that's like, what are you going to whine about this? You pussy. Like it's <laughs> rain, like get over it. If you're scared of some rain and not this, this insane activity you're about to do, there's something wrong there. So yeah, right I in that. Southern Alberta, you're just, you were born in the rain. You yeah. didn't grow up, but you born it. You're like Bane born yeah. in the darkness. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time the like the tricky thing with it is uh is just um keeping your rope dry on mul- multiple bulls which mm-hmm. was three bulls we got on that day and so trying to keep a especially with the brazilian rope uh, stickiness just really helps and really can be an advantage so that was the big challenge but luckily like pausabon and crusty were back there and they kept like grabbing my rope drying it rosning it like they, they had that thing as sticky as possible <laughs> <laughs> I remember i remember a t- uh, tie back there he was just so pumped because he was like helping chad out and he was like back there just rosin his rope the whole time like he had an old glove and was That's just like making sure it was making sure it was ready to go i remember going i think i remember going on a rosin run one time crusty or somebody was like get it, you need some more rosin go get some more rosin and i like, had to run back and like get some more and then oh man it's like it's like a surgery was that scalpel <laughs> was that was that my brazilian rope i gave you that you won that with or was that a different one Mm, no i think that was later i think that was the one from you it was i think so yeah oh, wow i never they're wrote on your, they're on your own moccasin bead with no no i didn't i never <laughs> used that brazilian rope ever I remember, I remember i actually like brought it down from there like brought it back from there but like i never used it because i could it, was, it had such a freaking huge handhold in it had like yeah. an eight finger riser it was like this tall to get your fucking like get your just hand got little it. hands I just got like tiny little mitts, small little hands, but Chad figured it out. You had to like, you had to like tie something into the end of it or like put a roll of tape in and then tie it down. So you could like take some slack out of it. Didn't you? Or yeah. Yeah. yeah just then. took a bunch of leather out of the handhold and then, yeah. Um, yeah. put like a rock in there or something and push it back up. <laughs> got her a bit tight. Got her tightened up. Still very illegal, but <laughs> they didn't know that. Um, the, uh, the ride of the week there though, that year was slash in the 10 round. Remember yeah. we talked about that before, but that was your most, like the proudest or the, that was your best ride of the week was on slash and 10 round. And like, it, it, it kind of, it, it's uh eluded people's memories because it's uh like a secondary ride on the way to the the big check. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that, that was not that I would have ever not wanted to get on him. Cause it, it is, uh, um, you know, it, it was, he was super challenging and I mean, that's one that you want to ride. But I remember I do, he had bucked me off that year tw- twice that year when I was riding really good um, very quickly like like I didn't stand a chance both times and uh, and so when I had him on that Sunday I was like damn like 
and like I know I can ride every single other bull in here, but this one. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that little voice? Doesn't yeah. need there. Like, but, oh, but but again, it was like one of those, and and this is I love the the moments when you uh, when you really feel like this. But then you get up the next day and it's pouring rain, it's miserable, um, and you have this big challenge in front of you. Uh, I just got I, I don't know I was excited. I was like, this is what it's this is what it's all about. This is this is when you have to perform. And then luckily you did have a fairly nice day with me, so. It, uh, it did work though, but still was, uh, yeah, it was a cool moment that I definitely, I'm, I, I remember that one, uh, more than the short round one too. The, uh, I guess one of the things that I remember about that year with the, with all the rain was all the PBR guys, like the main tour guys, I think like LJ and a few of those guys, their hands keep blown out of their rope. Like you were talking about, everybody just couldn't, nobody, none of those guys are used to riding in the rain. They hardly even ride outside anymore when on tour all the time. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. And we did, like, I had some tricks that, that we would do, like riding, growing up in Canada, you're going to get on in, on in the rain oh, yeah. and you're going to get on in, on in some shitty weather. So like one thing we used to do, um, I mean, you do it riding Brazilian or regular, but would be after you take your wrap, uh, you take your tail and then put it under your knuckles and then roll, you know, when you go to roll your knuckles up that the tail of that rope is like is stuck right under there so it's like it's like another half a wrap almost the double, it's the double suicide yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's <laughs> if, i mean you, yeah you don't need to do it that's that's no. probably how your shoulder blew apart <laughs> maybe a couple times Jeez. um so going uh i want to talk about some more memorable memorable rides along the way was it was one of them like the first time cracking the latch at the world finals or first time on tour or or some of those big rodeos or what are some of the more memorable moments along the way, Chad? I'm curious about that from somebody that's been to all of them. Like some, like some, what do you want? Some like good, some really good rides or uh, like yes. outside of Canadian finals type stuff. Uh, yeah. Anywhere. Just what, what stands up to you in your bull riding career now that it, now that it's over, you know, you've been out of it since 2015. It's a few yeah. years kind of looking back. So I just wonder what you, you remember, what stands out. Like one of my one of the first kind of big time rides I made, um, <clears throat> you know, outside of Canada was I was ninety. I won around at Houston. I was ninety two on a on the bull of the NFR from the year before. Um, that was a cool moment because that was the first time I'd ridden in front of like there was seventy five thousand people there that day. That's cool. Um, so it was like you know it was the first time in a you know in kind of that uh, a big time like American setting and. Uh, and yeah, that was a great memory. That was kind of when I realized, oh, I can, I really can compete with these guys. And, and uh, yeah, that was a cool moment. I mean, in Canada, there's, there, there's a lot to, to remember. Um, one of them, my rookie year, when I was 18 uh, at Dawson Creek, um, I had Shiver and Shake, which I don't know if you, you guys would, well, you guys would remember yep. that. Yeah, I remember that. Man. Yep. Everybody was, knows that bull. Yeah, he was, he was, got, people were scared of him and he was very intimidating, right? Was a big Mexican that was mean as hell and, and like nearly killed everybody all the time, but was awesome. Went to the NFR all the time. And uh, he would, he used to, he'd be in a big pen on his own. He would just, he had these massive horns and he would just walk around the outside of the pen, clank <laughs> his horns off. Like the whole time, the, the whole rodeo was going on. He would just pace that pen, clinking his horns like he was sharpening them. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it was totally, it was funny because you're like this thing's trying to intimidate you know trying to intimidate guys and and he did but yeah i rode him as well that year well he also had like a very nice trip for him but um yeah i was 18 and that was like it's a pretty cool moment hmm. you still gotta um, get him rode on the nice trips yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've got a couple that I, that i'm looking at here 
that just stand out on the numbers. So we've got a, we've got a 46 point ride, huge 46 point effort on a bull called painted desert in Brawley, California. Is that right? It's on the uh-huh. scores here from 06. It says 46 points. They've uh-huh. marked the bull 22. Well, that was his total score. Yeah. Total score was 46. <laughs> Like you thought that was his rider, that that was his rider like, score. Oh, yeah. that's that's the total score, forty six. Oh points. yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, that's fucking funny shit. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought you were talking about his rider score. Is like okay. No, 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 yeah. no. This is the total score. Damn, all in forty six points. I do remember that. Yeah, lowest score of all time. Did you hang off the Great side? Ride, I had to try as hard as I possibly could to stay on that. Hardest. You put out a ninety six point effort for a forty six. That's yeah. usually how those ones go. Oh shit. That's funny. Okay, Where did you ride Red Stag a bunch? Two up uh, here? Just, just one time. That was uh, at the CFR, wasn't it? Was that my last CFR? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my favorite rides of yours. I remember watching that. That was good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The big cool. Brenda Bull. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. They had, yeah, that was a neat, really neat bull. I liked him a lot. A lot. Of, he was real steep, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He just was good. Just was, he just was awesome. He was an 88 pointer every time. What about uh, your only, or you probably went to a few CBRs, but I see one stat here. You were 90 in El Paso on a bull called Ranger. Yeah. With that one. Yeah, just really cool little bull. Um, yeah, man, that's so long ago. <laughs> he just was, uh, uh, yeah, that was tough, uh, tough Hedeman's bull riding down there. I yeah. Believe. It looks like um, one of the only CBRs that you went to, but. Yeah, I think well, I went, like, I went to a couple more, but uh, yeah, I didn't okay. go to many of those, but. That was a, yeah, just a really cool little bull. Those bull runs used to be, uh, they were so neat, like tough picked, kind of handpicked every single bull that was there. So yeah, the thing was packed full of like 88 point spinners that there was always a ton of rides and there's always lots of rides at those. Yeah. I remember it was just, it was, they were a lot of fun. A lot of high scores too. Yeah. Huh. What else, man? Anything else stand out along the way or like, well, how about, how about we go now to like, we already talked about one of the rankest bulls, but what about some of the some of the injuries and some of the shit that went sideways or worst wreck or some of yeah. that stuff? I mean, I, for the most most of my was my shoulder injuries um, seemed to be a reoccurring thing, right? Um, but but that being said, like, uh, I mean, I, you can never just say you know I didn't uh, you know or I would have went more, I would have done this or that. Uh, I mean, that's all part of it. Everybody has to deal with injuries. For some reason, I had had the shoulder stuff I had to deal with and uh and yeah it seemed to seem to be a, a kind of a constant thing but to be honest by the end of it um I don't know it didn't really bother me anymore I just kind of thought I, I guess I have to get surgery again I'll come back from this one and deal with it. And, and lots of times you'd ride with them too like I didn't like to do it for too long uh because it just it sucks having them pop out all the time and I just don't think you can ride as good if you're if that's kind of part of something that's happening but um yeah I mean just as it's part of the story part of the uh you know if anything i'm proud of that stuff because it it did take some resiliency to get through and stick with everything um what about your first bull ride in claire's home on pop evil what was that experience like when you're producing your own bull riding and then you have a <laughs> have a uh like a i don't know like a showdown with, with pop yeah. evil and then ride them <laughs> yeah well that was insane like that was so that was before alpha bull existed that was the first year i yeah i did my claire some events so That's i didn't my know first if- pro bull riding I had ted convinced oh, really? me in or <laughs> yeah i got on uh buck nasty in the long round they're like 47 them i think <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome yeah like <clears throat> i mean i knew nothing about putting on bull ridings at that time but yeah i'm getting i'm so i'm at claire so i'm back uh, i'm behind the sh- behind the shoots literally behind the shoots like we didn't even have a dressing room and getting changed, getting ready. And, 
and uh, the guys that are kind of handling the bar and handling the the beer sales they come up they're like chad we're like we're almost out of beer the thing hasn't even started yet. <laughs> so i'm like running over there like trying to organize guys to go and uh and uh load up the, load up the horse trailer with more beer and it, uh, yeah it was crazy but then at the same time yeah i'd sign myself up to to get on pop evil um for uh we did we did like a fundraiser type thing after the uh after the bull riding was over so i got i did make the short round too so so got on the long round got on my short round bull that, that got bucket. on three bulls and put on the bull yeah bull and then the last one which i didn't realize how much pressure there was going to be on me till it's like i honestly i i didn't know how many people would come i thought maybe 200 people would come to the event yeah um, but it was like packed with every single person i knew from clarison was there and then um I mean, the place was going, I, from what I remember, it was like, it was pretty cool. Like the place was so excited to see this ride. And I was like, shit, like I really have to stay on here. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so it's like, and it's March right after you won Canada, like you won your second Canadian title. So you're the guy and yeah. pop evil, I think was a bull of the CFR or something too. So it was like the like head to head showdown. Challenge yeah, champions. Smash out a 91. But did you, I got to ask though, you had too dark to see in the long run. Did you handpick that bull? Because that was like, was that a promoter strategy? I didn't, I'm sure I could, I should, like, I know I'm cheat now if I, I'm sure if I wanted to, if I was riding, I could cheat myself back then. I didn't even think of it. Too oh, honest man. and pure. <laughs> hey, Chad, you said something earlier that I forgot about that you went to the U of A for a while. And I, there was a rumor going around at one point that you were like on the fucking track and field team. Is that true? you're on the like track yeah. team at the u of a that's 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 yeah. legit i forgot about that yeah i'm fast as fuck ted <laughs> <laughs> like are you like a, you were like 100 meter dash guy or 200 400 like where were you at on that uh, yeah the 100 so in high school i really was the uh um uh, i was one of the fastest in alberta actually in canada at one point oh, in high school so deal. But then I didn't, um, I didn't run again for for two or three years and then when i went to when i enrolled in u of a I was like, you know, I was going to the gym. Um, my best friend who I was living with played on the football team there. And I, so I would train around these guys that were playing football and some of them ran track as well. And I was like, Man, I should just try out for it. It'd be free, um, free training if I make it. Uh, but in reality, like I made the team, but there were guys like that have been training their whole lives that were freak athletes that were, uh, were, uh, were like the real deal. So I just okay. kind of made it and, um, yeah, really wasn't that exciting. Sounds better than it actually was. Fun little fact, though. You spin, the way you spin it, you make it sound super cool. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about the hell on hooves. Can we talk about some of that stuff? Yeah, you bet. I got to ask so more track and field first. Okay, okay, okay. I want to talk about so that. Okay. Did, you, uh, did they pay for your schooling? Did you get a scholarship out of it, or were you just on the team? No, no. I, I just made the team. Yeah. Made the team. It'd, be like, it'd be probably similar to, like, you know, if you, like, you know, when you go to college down there, they're the, the rodeoing, like, the, they get four male athletes. Yeah. It'd be probably the equivalent of like getting picked to be on the team like one weekend, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, know, so you, walk, you walked on. Did you get like the the boys who'd been training forever? Were they just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> no, they loved they... me. I was, oh, like, really? Like they found out I was a, a boulder rider and a, a bunch of them came and watched me at the CFR. That oh, yeah. Like the coach came. So uh, they knew like that, uh, uh, you know, I was training to do this other stuff. So yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Cool. And then I uh... still in touch with them. Oh, really? Um, I don't know what else I was going to go. How on. fast could you do the hundred meter now? You think? <laughs> Not very fast. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, oh. uh, yeah, my, 
yeah no i wouldn't even attempt i'd embarrass myself now <laughs> okay one more way before we go to the next yeah no worries yeah no worries so there was another story before i knew you that you like packed up one year and went to like thailand backpacking in the middle of a rodeo season or something was that <laughs> is that true or was that not true uh, that's, that's partly true i did pack up and go to thailand but not in the middle of a rodeo season it was the same okay. uh, i'd had another shoulder surgery and it was uh would have been kind of the last couple months of uh my recovery okay okay yeah. how was thailand yeah, yeah it was yeah. awesome it was awesome <laughs> i go there so bad i didn't do uh like i was i was pretty young then probably like 20 yeah i can't remember when that was either but um on, yeah i mean i mostly was wanting some adventure uh i did i mean obviously i had a good time the odd time there but for the most part i was like running in the mountains and and uh finishing up my my rehab to come back and uh but yeah, it was, it was awesome. And swimming the ocean as a workout every day was, it was cool. Go ahead. I was just going to make a funny, I was gonna say, it's kind of like when Rocky went to Russia to train to fight Ivan Drago, except <laughs> yeah. you, you were training in the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, no, it was cool. I'd do it again. for sure. How'd you decide to go? Like, who'd you go with? What, like, what was the story there? I went on my own, but I had some friends that, uh, that were over there from college that, that I okay. met up with for, for a bit, but Okay, which uh, college? Part, you'd meet like you would meet just traveling around you would meet other people that's and, true and uh and then you'd hang with them for a week or so and yeah it was cool so college friends from odessa or college friends from u of a oh uh, from u of a okay u of a all right okay i get you then huh um okay wacy i think i'm i'm off that train now. <laughs> you're off the job the track i got to, i have to i'll have to cook something else up though there was a there was stuff though like we always heard about the the uh, allure or the uh, like the mystique of Chad Best plug it. Nobody like really knew knew what he was up to. Or, the like, most interesting man in bull riding, Chad Best. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> he, he follow follows no one, just does his own does his own thing. So like you yeah. know, I. I mean, I mean that was never something I uh, intended to uh, to. <laughs> it was never on purpose. Like, I was just like I was just living my life exactly. Just living. When, that's it awesome. was honestly i didn't even think about it till uh years later people started telling that telling me like like that was crazy that you uh you, so you just went to thailand for two years like we wouldn't think or for two months like we wouldn't think of doing that it's like yeah i don't know i didn't think of not doing it yeah hey, what so what else did you do on that same train of thought like what what other stuff did you get up to that way uh you know i don't know maybe and it, it ne wasn't necessarily you know going places and doing stuff like that maybe it was it was also, you know, I was, I was kind of into, uh, different music. <clears throat> Sorry guys. Um, yeah, it was always kind of into different music, into different clothing. Uh, just, uh, yeah, man, I've always been a like really curious person. So, um, if I got interested in something or curious about it, then I was, uh, I was kind of off on, on that tangent, but at the same time, um, <clears throat> you know, bull riding was always number one by far, but, uh, yeah, I've always had outside interests for sure. What? So what? What's the next thing you want to do? What's the next trip no, where you want to go? I think, you know, with my or next trip, I want to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I guess we traveled so much competing. Like I don't think <laughs> much about traveling now. I still would love. There's a lot of places I'd love to go, but I guess I guess kind of the point I'm at with Alpha Bull right now is is probably similar to when I first started my career riding bulls, where it was like you know every bit of focus kind of needs to go into, into what that is, is becoming. So, um, pretty much I'm very obsessed with alpha bull at the moment. Okay. 
Okay, well, I'll leave it at that way. See, sorry. Uh, go back. No, it's all good. Before, I, I, with uh, Helen Hooves. Okay, before we get to, because I have a good transition to the alphabet stuff too. All right. All okay, right. we'll go Helen Hooves <clears throat> first. I talk, I talk a bit about that. Like, what was it like having a camera crew follow you guys around? I remember watching it as like growing up. Like, it was so cool to have access to your heroes on TV. And then especially like once Tanner and them got in, like guys you grew up with yeah on that level like it's kind of a good like behind the scenes access for people to bull riding man it was honestly it was fun because the guy the camera guy that did it for us his name's ed and ed that is that <laughs> is uh uh he's sober now and he's like he's very vocal about it on social media so i'm sure he won't mind me mentioning this uh, he's got a great story um about uh getting getting that po- to that point as well but yeah, Ed, this camera guy followed us around the whole time, and Ed was a wild man, like wilder than than we were. So we <laughs> we had a blast with this guy, and we half the time thought, you know, we need cameras because there's a documentary here in this camera guy. That's that's. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun, and and uh, it was uh, honestly it was cool to have some of our careers documented like that because they did, like Ed really got some cool access with us. A lot of it, and Ed was very good at his job. Uh, and he, you know, so he, we trusted him and, uh, you know, and he, I think he got some pretty cool stuff. Like, like Ed came to Disneyland with us. Uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we've been a lot of places with him. I don't think we got much good stuff from there for a few reasons, but, uh, but yeah, it was a fun, it was a, it was a blast though. It's, it's so cool though. It's, it's for me, like I watched a lot of hockey and stuff and they used to do like that HBO 24 seven leading up to like the winter classic. So you get like a behind the scenes access of like, being in the NHL locker room and following these guys around and like to have something like that for our sport and just give people a different look and like what life is really like on the road. And then again, for you to have like something to look back on parts of your career, like that's such a cool thing that I think we should be doing more of moving forward to help like eventually grow the sport. Yeah. Similar to uh, uh, what's the, what's the one they do uh, the football one. Um, It's like an embedded thing they do uh, do with a team through spring training every year, but um, but I love that stuff too, where you're, uh, where you actually get to see what that athlete's like. Cause like, well, and similar to what you guys are doing with this uh, type of interview, um, y- when you're seeing behind the scenes, you're actually seeing what you're seeing some reality and some on- authenticity where, uh, for the most part, sports, uh, sports interviews are annoying and, and cliches uh, too short. Yeah, yeah. There's, and there's just nothing, you know, there's nothing there. Nobody's being honest. Uh, and you're just, yeah, you're not seeing much, but. I thought they did a good job and uh, about kind of, you know, showing, showing some of the stories and actually, I guess, telling the, the full story of, you know, of those seasons, those full seasons. The, uh, I think before we move on to alpha bull, Wacey, we got to ask about the end of the bull riding career. Was your, was your last one basically at Calgary in July of 15? Was that, was that the end? I forget now when, when you actually called it off. I don't know if that's right or yeah, not. So what, so what happened was, uh, during so it was during Calgary, uh, we flew up to Teepee Creek, and I got I got knocked out there, and then uh, came back, and uh, like normally, you know, and I don't advocate for people doing this, and normally I didn't do this, but it's we're riding in Calgary in the short round the next day, so I knew the risks, but it was one of those times I made the decision to to take the risk, and uh, and I got knocked out again that that next day, uh, fairly bad the next day, uh, so. So then, uh, what I took, I think I took two months off after that. And then, uh, the next bull I got on, I got knocked out again. Um, so I still had no plans on retiring. Like that wasn't even, even, a, I wasn't even considering it, but I also had a shoulder that needed a, another surgery. So I, uh, I was going to go get that shoulder surgery and then, you know, have six months to let my brain heal. 
um, in those six months I is when I started Alpha Bull and just didn't didn't go back to it but but yeah I had no uh, no plans on on retiring wasn't hadn't even hadn't even come up as a thought I didn't even re- really retire till I think it was two or three years after after that um, it took me quite a while to actually make that decision to come to the terms with it too because it's it's uh it's not easy because you probably still craved it the whole time while you were creating Alpha Bull too you probably thought about it, especially when you're short on bull riders you're like oh man maybe I should just go get my shit and get on one here or something hey eh? but well I mean not easy thing, to quit is it the the thing with me it wasn't it's hard I mean I miss I definitely miss the competition um but for me I'm like I'm either I'm just I'm 100% in on what I'm what I'm doing so uh, you know, when I fell in love with entrepreneurship and with Alphable and what we were building here, I uh, honestly, I didn't think about bull riding like the same or, or as much as I used to. So still when I watch it and like watch a short round and like, yeah, I get like those shivers and, and man, I'm like, uh, like the, 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 uh, the rush of competing is just so much fun. And, uh, and I miss that, but for the most part, uh, I don't, I really don't think about it. And, and uh, other than doing, doing stuff like this, like, I, I don't think even much about about riding. It's kind of fun to think about some of these memories. Like they just don't come up that often. Sorry, Wacy, that might have oh, wrecked. That's good. That's, no, it's all good. It's actually it's, it's really, it actually still makes it really good because I remember like I got, you and I kind of started becoming pretty good friends uh, when you were starting Alpha Bull and kind of making that transition, and we had some really good conversations because that was kind of a transition point in my life too when I quit and was going back to school and 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 that kind of thing. And you and I just wonder like where did that like entrepreneurial like spirit did you always have a thing like i was alphable always kind of like a goal at the end or whatever i'm I'm so like i have so much respect for you in that sense by being able to see that and go after it and and see the business side of things and kind of want to thank you yeah Um, yeah no i appreciate that but uh no uh i guess well i'd I'd done those two events in my hometown and the like the first year uh was you know our production was you know super shitty we didn't know what we were doing but the after that then i started paying attention the second year was pretty good and then I kind of thought man I could I can probably like I could do something like this I could uh, I can maybe turn this into something and uh, and then I guess then kind of my creative my create creative juices started flowing like I always talk to people about this too like I I love music I love art like all art forms hey and I've tried most of them and I'm very shitty at all of them <laughs> and uh, like if you've ever no, never mind. But, uh, <laughs> no, do it. But, yeah. but, <laughs> like I've attempted painting, playing the guitar, like all of that stuff. And it's just, it's brutal and embarrassing. Right. And it's like, I've tried very hard at it too. And it's just, you know, some things you just suck at and you have to just come to grips with it. Right. But mm-hmm. for some reason, production stuff in, in bull riding, the more you start paying attention to, you know, how the music is played when it is like the lighting, the the uh the ambiance in a in an arena i just like i really enjoyed that and and started to to kind of have some creative ideas on how i could change it and then um yeah what happened was when when i was hurt um healing up i i was kind of trying to think of how that was going to go and then i actually had a group of uh of investors come to me and and offer to uh to back a, a business to to start putting on shows and legit events and uh, it was like a, the opportunity of a lifetime so jumped on it and tell us how it's gone so far and, and like where you're at now. What? Yeah. I mean, it's it times are like it, 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 it's grown consistently since we've started. Um, last year was, was set to be our, our largest year by far, like was going to be almost double what it was the year before, as far as events and or performances go. 
Um, COVID obviously threw a wrench into things, but at the same time, uh, we did like, as you guys, I'm sure have heard, but we built an arena, the John Scott arena down by I was there. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we went and we started planning that like two months after COVID happened, we kind of saw this as a huge opportunity. Uh, you know, when else would we have the time to, to, to put, you know, this much effort into building that thing. So, so yeah, we, we've been using that time to, to build it. And whenever things do open, um, we'll be, we should be bigger and better than ever. What's like the long, like what are some long-term goals you guys have for Alvo? I mean, like that's, it's really cool mindset to have. I know we talked about this with Scott Davis on an earlier show of like, seeing this pandemic as more of an opportunity is a more as and less of a detriment to the sport. Like I think we need more people to be thinking that way to help move things forward past this once it's over. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I also just hate whininess, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I've heard <clears throat> so much of it through this and like, it has been hard for our industry. That's for sure. But I mean, I don't know, like that just, that stuff doesn't work competing and, and it shouldn't work as an entrepreneur either. Right. Um, sounds like that guy, you know, has a good outlook. Cause like, that's what we thought too. It's like, this is an opportunity. Where is that opportunity and how can we, how can we exploit that? So, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out, but, uh, one way or another, we're going to be working as hard as we, hard as we can to be in a better spot than we were before. But, you know, and, and that being said, I guess, to get to your, uh, that part of your question, um, like our, our big goal with Alphable now is this, is this new venue that we're, we're building, uh, you know, we want to have multiple, uh, large events out there in the next, in the next couple of years. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a huge process process and project kind of getting all of the approvals we need and, and all of that. And then also getting that infrastructure in place, but, but we'll do it. Well, that was on the Cowboy channel too, right? One of the events. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, right. So was that, what was that process like? And do you see yourself like doing more work with them or like, is that another opportunity you see coming from this? Yeah. It looks like, especially with the Cowboy Channel Canada, um, it looks like they're good. What they've, they've given us a yeah, huge opportunity to get our product out there to the world. So um, yeah, that was a big, big part of, uh, you know, us being able to do that stuff that last summer was, was that opportunity. And uh yeah, we're excited about kind of what that partnership will look like going forward. But I would imagine, um, you know, obviously things are, everything's still a bit up in there, but we're still, we're in talks that it looks like the majority of our stuff will be on there at some point here. There, uh, one of the stories that I was looking at here, Pro Rodeo could be coming to Longview. So you guys going to, are you planning on maybe like a Pro Rodeo there at some point? Is that kind of in the works? Uh, no, not, not right now. That's just how the paper wrote it up. They but, screwed it up. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that being said, like the, the arena will be a full rodeo sized arena. We will do youth rodeos and stuff like that. And we will do, um, I mean, actually I'd, I would love to do a full rodeo at some point. Uh, we just have to have to build the business up, but, but yeah, we do plan on doing um, single events, multiple timed events, everything. So uh, yeah, there'll be a lot going on there at one point. Part of uh, part of the deal too was uh, like festivals too, right? Like, don't you guys want to have like some music brought into those events too, and kind of make it more of a you know a weekend thing? We I remember talking about that at about Clarison at one point, but it just was never. It's not going to work in February, so yeah. you got to have an outdoor event and <laughs> and do something. Longview is a perfect setting yeah. for that too, though. Like especially where the arena is, like the mountains, the background, like beautiful, like southern Alberta. That's that's like Alberta. When you think of Alberta, that's what you think. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's. I mean, there's so much we want to do out there. Um, yeah, music. I mean, we're going to always have music at our shows. That's always going to be a big part of it once there's fans, once fans are back. But, um, 
but yeah, we see, we see some festival type stuff in the future for sure. Given like your entrepreneurial mindset and stuff and kind of you're kind of an outside the box thinker when it comes to the industry, like what are some ways you're trying to capture new fans and bring them to the sport rather than just catering to the traditional side? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, at the start, um, we really thought, well, and I still, I still believe this, especially with our indoor events, the, the way we do our lighting where it, it really has a, in my opinion, is, is even more like PBR is already a rock and roll vibe to it. Uh, but we're, we're even an, another step further. Right. And so I keep hoping that without what that does is when that, you know, when you get that, that fan from the city that maybe feels uncomfortable, they're there and it's dark. Your, lo- your inhibitions are lowered. Like it's a real party atmosphere too. Right. Um, what do you hope is, yeah, just something clicks with them and, and you make a fan out of them. I do think though, you know, culturally there's such a divide right now that it, uh, it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a huge challenge for us to, to cultivate new fans from, from urban areas. I don't think that's impossible, I think, but it, uh, it is something we're going to have to consistently be, be thinking and working on. I think overall, like is messaging and is, is communication, you know, on, on what we're doing. Bridging that gap. Yeah. Yeah, Part of it too, is that we don't need to market these events with fucking wooden hay bales. Like it's not all about rodeo and country and Western and shit. Like, like part of the, part of what you started off with in the very beginning was you told me I couldn't play any like classic rock music, like the first bull riding years you worked or maybe the second one. It was like no classic rock, no country music. This has got to be fucking, it's got to sound cool. It's got to be some cool shit. It can't be none of that old bullshit. And I was like, that's all I play chat. It's like, that's all I have is like classic. <laughs> well, that's all I have. And so, but that was like part of the deal from the beginning with you is it's not, we can have, we can have a bull riding. We don't have to have, we don't have to market it with, like we said, with wooden hay bales. Like we can market it with like, you know, real, you know, like your logo. It's di- totally different. It's different shit. And it's, yeah. it's new. It's edgy. It's, it's uh, exciting, uh, exciting, but it's, but it's uh, consistent with the other, extreme pro sports in a way that's not you know not a not it's not the same as every other rodeo and you actually put some time and thought and effort into into making this something that appeals to people that live in town you know yeah. you you have a lot of people that come from calgary that come to your event in clarisome it's something you can kind of draw them out of the city to a smaller town and and you know you yeah. you it's yeah it's something different it, it's a different way to look at it which is something that's uh, that the bfo has done too right over the yeah. years they did did it totally differently and now you know now aaron was at your event last year since yeah. back too eh? yeah yeah they were a big influence on us as well aaron was uh, was a lot of help like creating some of these looks as well but um yeah the biggest like one of the biggest challenges too with it is uh, is to uh is to then to keep like to keep upping the bar like you can't completely change things all the time but you need to be like consistently kind of upgrading or or um you know pushing kind of pushing things in what direction you want to you want it to eventually end up and i guess <clears throat> part of it too you know is uh, um is it kind of is a reflection on i mean it's the sh- exact show i want to do right uh it's uh and some of it's some things i do honestly aren't, aren't even for like for fans it's just like i like i like this <laughs> we're gonna do it right? so and, and people like it usually the part Not of always. the but yeah, not always, but then, and, but I mean, part of the thing is pushing the envelope and, and, uh, and adding that extra production, but then some of the tougher parts of it is that you're working on a budget that's a certain amount of money and you can't spend 
too much on production. Otherwise you can't make anything at it either. So it, there's a kind of a fine line on what you can get away with and, and make it all yeah. work. Right. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> that part sucks. Cause uh, yeah. <laughs> budgets like, suck. I don't know. Every time we, I like, I always spend way more than what I budget for. And I just, I've actually started budgeting for, yeah, uh, the Extra fact that budget? I'm not going to stay within my budget. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, but half the time, I mean, obviously you got to make the right business decisions, but I mean, we've made conscious decisions too. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to make way less on this event, but we want to do it this specific way. Uh, Cause we want to sell more tickets in five years from now, as opposed to <laughs> selling, you know, or as opposed Holding to up that brand is so important. Yeah. yeah exactly. I think, I think that, that like, failing forward like that's like an like almost like an entrepreneurial buzzword now but like that failing forward mindset like not being scared of of risk and failure needs to be brought to so many more aspects of like rodeo and western sports and stuff because it's just going to stay the same as what it is if people don't bring that approach to it well exactly and i guess and maybe that's where some some of my bull riding career had um some positive impact on being an entrepreneur because like i failed so you get so used to failing like you get you, mm-hmm. you get your ass kicked all the time and uh and like such a big part of, you don't really understand it till you go through it, but such a big part of winning is like learning how to lose. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I feel like I'm an expert at losing. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, and that being said is like, yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid to, uh, I'm not afraid to take some, ri- some calculated risks in, in this to, to do things the way you want. And then kind of the, like the artist side of you is like, is, you know, I'm going to do, I want to do this show exactly. I want to do it. And um if there's any way we can can figure out how to how to do it and have it make sense, then we usually go ahead and do it the way we want to. The uh, one event you were, it was I, I don't know if it ended up being on the schedule at all ever, but we I remember talking about it. What was an invitational for Ty in Merritt to bring that event back? That one was in the works. Um, I'd imagine it was, still would be for I guess next year, maybe in the fall or something again. But yeah. tell us about what you're working on that way, Chad. You've got previously you've had Moose Jaw. Uh, TP Creek, Claire's Home, Dawson Creek, uh, part of Bulls After Dark, White Court, nineteen, White Court, yeah. Um, there, I might, I might be forgetting somewhere else, but you've had a number of different events. Talk about what you're working on for uh, for the re- like later this fall, if you can speak to anything right now. If you, you know, I know you can't say a lot of it right now, or but tell us what what you're working on. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a couple big ones that are coming. The one I can tell you about though is. Uh, um, or I guess I can fill everybody in on is, is Ty Pazabon. So we did, we announced it last year. I think it was a month before, uh, before, um, or COVID. COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So we had to cancel it again. Uh, so we, we are going to be doing that. Um, we're going to be doing that in the next, uh, uh, in the next year and a half. Uh, so it, it, some things depend on COVID here, but that event is coming back. Um, kind of as soon as we, we know what the schedule looks like, as far as COVID goes, that event will get scheduled and, and we are, uh, it does look like we're actually bringing it back to it. It's going to take place in, in Calgary or Longview or, well, or Longview. Eyes event is. Yeah. It's going to be at our, oh, really? be our venue out oh, here. Wow. So, um, so yeah, obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of news around that when, when it comes, but uh, this might be a good platform just to kind of let people know that that, that is in the works uh, eventually. So once they're here first on cowboy shit, yes. <laughs> there you go. So we're excited. Cause man, that's been, you know, twice now that we tried to do it and, and haven't been able to. And I know that's going to be, I just know that's going to be a huge one for, well, for the foundation, first of all, and then uh, uh, for the kind of for the rodeo world, like it's been, it's been a while since Ty's passing, passing. And I think 
you know, I know this event's going to turn into kind of a big reunion for, for our world and especially from guys from kind of our generation. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I kind of forgot about it and I, I always, I always love going to merit too. So I was, I'm surprised to hear you bringing it this way, but, but I'm excited either way. It's going to be a, going to be awesome when we get to, when you get to have it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it'll be good. What else? What else you got on the go? Oh man, I guess the, the, uh, the, we do have some other stuff coming this fall. I just can't speak on it on camera right now. Yeah, um, no worries. But, uh, uh, yeah, like the, what we're hoping man with COVID is that, um, like our Dawson Creek event, which is one of our favorites to, uh, end of November, we're moving ahead with that one as if it's going to happen, which we're, we're quite optimistic with that. And then, you know, and then after that, honestly, like we're kind of looking at the world as if it's going to be, everything's going to be back, uh, back to normal schedules will be back to normal. And, um, yeah, we'll pick up with a, with a bunch, with everything we've been doing in the past. Plus, uh, plus uh, there's another three or four, but we'll have to wait for the next one to get into those. Yeah. Deal. The, uh, okay, man, we got to talk about, um, current events, I guess a little bit. Um, Wacy and I both got our vaccine now. <laughs> Wacy had COVID. I think I might've had it in like January of like 2020 before it yeah. was a thing. You had to run in with it. Have you got vaccinated yet? How are you guys doing now? Where, where are you at with that? I haven't got vaccinated, but I mean, I'm sure I would with, I, I don't know. Nobody's told me about where to get it or anything. So <laughs> I haven't, I'll send you I don't link. know. Like, I don't know what the rules are if you, if you got it. Like, so I don't watch, I really don't. I'm interested to hear about these current events. I don't, uh, I don't, we don't watch the news either. We're just talking about what, what's going on with us. Yeah. Wacy got, but, Wacy yeah, no, I don't for his like, dad. Yeah, I'm AT, so my dad was able to like book in, but he somehow couldn't make his appointment. So since I'm also AT, I was able just to step in for his appointment. It was like bare ass luck. I've had, so I think on Wednesday, it'll be like two weeks since I got my shot. So I was like super lucky. But now I'm like extra yeah. protected because I had the vid. Now I got the shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't thought about it. I'm, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess, are you supposed to get it if you've had COVID already? They say it's like supposed to be the like you're getting the second shot, but you're still supposed to get fully vaccinated, but it's almost just like you're, if you're any side effects, there won't be as bad as for some people. Cause you've already have like antibodies or whatever. Like that's as far as I know. And that's as much as I can speak to, but it's just one of those things, man. Like I'm so sick of this. Like just, I'll take all three vaccines. Just give them all to me. Yeah. Like give me, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go to Thailand for two months. I want to go do <laughs> like sweet shit. I want to do events again. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go see my, I want to go to see my friends at events and shit. Like I want to go do stuff. I mean, as, as you know, there's like, everybody has a million opinions on this shit nowadays. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really give a shit what, what the deal is like, get or don't, if there's a way for us to just get back to work, like whatever it takes, yeah. I'll get COVID again. I don't care. Let's just yeah. get it over with. Get it over with. I, man, I, okay. I don't know how deep we need to go into this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the Bowden rodeo. <laughs> just cause like, just cause like we talk, but we talk about like, like back to our conversation about like getting new fans and how there's that big disconnect between our people and like the urban circle and stuff. Like what kind of effect does that something like that have on us and like our battle to get more people involved in the sport? Yeah. What do you, zero percent? Zero, zero new fans from the bowl. Zero new right? fans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah zero um, new fans. I mean, yeah, I guess I, also I didn't pay much attention to that. I did. Good. I did it's bad. It. So bad. I did hear about it going on, but I guess, um, uh i don't yeah i don't i don't know yeah, and, and just like the reason i ask is like for someone from your perspective like i know like i've talked to keenan and whatever but like 
do you, like people have been trying to do this the right way and work with H and S and like get the, get these events happening. Cause you understand like this, like how important this is, but then there's something like that happens and it seems like it just 10 steps backwards. I mean, it seemed like it was like kind of an amateur type deal. Oh, so amateur dude. What kind of what I like my thoughts on it and where, you know, where I just wouldn't go to something like that or, or be around it just because of my, mm-hmm. you know, whatever people want to do. I don't, um, I'm not judging what anybody's decision to go anywhere. But uh, for me, you know, as a professional in running this is like, I'm not seeing other professional sports do stuff like that. So it's like, um, despite what we think about like these lockdowns and stuff like that is like, you know, I still think our behavior should be in line with what the NHL is doing and what, you know, what major organizations are doing. And, and that doesn't really fall in line with it. I guess, and I guess maybe that's where I didn't even really consider it because I didn't consider what those people are doing to have anything to do with me but I do understand from the outside looking in um the perception definitely would be that that that's part of you know our community which I mean in my mind it's just not yeah it just is tough because for that like for the urban crowd or the people not directly involved in our community we're easily grouped together you know I mean like you talk about how that's like an amateur event but it's just like oh you rodeo or you bull ride like there's no separate, you know what I mean? Like how like the NHL and all that stuff, they like people know. Yeah. So I think that's where the difficulty is going to come from something like that. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, at that point you make though, but like, like trying to like hold your standards to those other pro sports and we want to be considered with those people and like those groups, like we need to act like it and, and carry ourselves in that way or else we'll never will be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And that's um, probably the last thing that someone, some rodeo cowboy who's a bulldogger that thinks they need to, be treated like a professional athlete if there's anyone that thinks that that went to that rodeo in Bowdoin, you, that's never going to happen for you <laughs> Ever. yeah oh man that's brutal. ever yeah yeah i don't know it's like yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah uh, that's a good way to put it <laughs> let's uh let's get on to some other stuff now uh chad i've got some uh i've got some questions for you so <laughs> so we uh no way <laughs> <laughs> so we so i'm feeling a little weird i got the the fucking shot today oh yeah oh nice a little nice. zonk zonked out um okay so i called a few people did a little research <laughs> got some uh some uh am, ammo maybe you could say so I'm the most interesting man in bull riding you uh that title you went to school in odessa texas and you guys got up to a few pranks can you let us in on any of the pranks that you got up to in in odessa uh well can you give me a hint or two? <laughs> uh, eggs. There was one about eggs and a hat. I don't, yeah, I, I remember messing with eggs a lot. Like, all of the- <laughs> what? <laughs> what is, what a statement that is. Well, we, um, this, so this guy's still wrote, Cody Campbell. Um, he's from Washington. He was, yeah. uh, yeah, he lived in the room. So we're in, in dorm rooms with four, uh, four, four people per room. So my, my roommates are Tanner Gerlitz, Ty Elliott, Tyler Kraft, right? It's uh, no true. <laughs> and then the, the uh, so Tanner Gerlitz's bedroom is, uh, he shares a wall with Cody Campbell, who's on the other side of that. And uh, so we, we actually, t- we uh, uh, just cut a hole in the wall. <laughs> and, uh, or we would, well, we cut a hole in the wall when Cody would be sleeping or, or like really having a very deep sleep. And, uh, and then, yeah, we, we had a funnel, a whole funnel system. We'd pour stuff through there. And <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of shenanigans going on. A lot of, uh, a lot of creativity. That's where it all started. That's yeah. the, the roots of alpha board. Yeah. Pouring yeah. stuff through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Cody Campbell. Yeah. We had, 
man, that place was so much fun. We so Tanner Gerlitz. I don't know if you guys have had Tanner on here, but you need him on here and to yeah. tell new stories. So he he once spent like his last two hundred and fifty dollars on a on a realistic Batman costume. <laughs> that was the best. Bet. This was the best. In, this is the best investment, though. He he made like we had we got so many good hours out of that thing. Bo, Bo Hill used to come and hang out at our in our dorms between rodeos all the time, and he would all like on a all the time would put this Batman costume on and like go out like onto campus and like scare people coming out of night class. Tanner and uh, Gerlitz actually got in a fight once wearing the Batman costume. <laughs> yes, yeah, I should leave that story for him to tell, but. That's um, fucking awesome. It was awesome. Did oh, you find a picture of Tanner in this uh, in Batman, Batman costume? costume? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's got some. That's aren't you funny. guys, aren't you glad that you didn't have like cell phones with cameras at that point in your college career? We would be in, I mean, no, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine what that, the, oh, dear. I mean, you, probably why kids don't like do anything fun anymore. They don't like, I don't think they do anything really. Um, yeah. You can't because you'd go to jail like all the time. <laughs> if you're, if so what's a one-way ticket to barstool sports just tanner girl that's walking around campus oh man did chad did you ever did you oh i don't know how to say this right did turkey where did turkey get his name from turkey what was that from i i don't know <laughs> you don't know like it's just just what is what yeah when did he see, so does tanner so did he get uh, did he get uh, hooked on the on the like the chips and dip when he was in oh, Odessa? That might have been it. Yeah, his his sophomore year he put on put on quite a few pounds. <laughs> that might be where Turkey came from. Did the uh, did the Batman fit suit still fit after his sophomore year? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he lost it shortly after that. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, I think I can't remember. I think Jason Finkbeiner maybe gave him that, that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> what about the one with uh ty elliott and guitar hero i don't know like i don't remember that really man what did you guys get up to down there how many beers did you guys drink <laughs> you a lot of keystones many concussions i guess like oh, i mean what is ty i can imagine ty's would try as hard as he possibly could singing and would be <laughs> terrible at it though is that, is that oh so <laughs> tanner told me about tanner told me that um you guys had a guitar hero set in your room like in your dorm and you guys would all play it and T- Ty would just give you shit all the time. Like, Oh, you guys are so lazy. You shouldn't be playing fucking guitar hero right now. And he just give you guys such a hard time on guitar hero. And then you guys went away for a weekend or something and came back and the music was blaring and Ty was in the middle of a fucking full on <laughs> leg kick, just jamming out with guitar hero. When yeah, you guys got yeah, back. I do remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about, uh, what about, uh, when you crossed the border, when you were like 16 with Scott Schiffner on the way back to Pincher Creek, Neil and Jim oh, yeah. that was, by yourself. Yeah, that one was sketchy. Um, yeah, I just was down there. Uh, I forget why I was with Scott, but I must have went to a bull riding or something up here with him. And You were and, with, he said that you were with Neil and Ginger and your sister somewhere in Arizona or something. And then he had to go back to a rodeo and you, he asked your parents, if you could go with them to do this all night or back to Pincher Creek. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Like you're only like 16, I think. Oh no. You know what? Actually. Yeah. I remember this now we, for, yeah, I've gotten in with him somewhere where him and my sister were competing. And then uh, we actually went to Walla Walla and Scott wrote a bull called Splinter that like went to the world finals a bunch of times back in those days. I think he was like 90. I remember that being pretty really? cool. And then, uh, yeah. And then the next day we're, we're crossing the border at 
it's probably five or six in the morning. And uh, yeah, so I was 16, so I had a, a fake ID, of course. And uh, <laughs> it was the, the, the fake ID said I was 23 and like, it looked nothing like me really. Uh, so we get, they, they, for some reason they, they pull us in. I think they were just bored and they get looking through my wallet. See, I have a fake ID. And then, you know, of course I lied to him to say it's my friends. Then he, he left it. So I'm taking it back to him. And then they, uh, they start going through, through, uh, through the vehicle, which, I mean, I was, I was more annoyed than anything. Cause we're, it's early in the morning. We're kind of tired and now we got to sit around for like three hours. And, uh, and so they come to, they come and you know Scott's like a straight guy right like he there's no way there's I wasn't worried about him having anything in there that we get in trouble for they uh, the guy comes back and he he looks at us and he's like either of you ever done drugs (laughs) 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 I mean and this is like I was so innocent I was like well I can't lie to these guys so I'm like yes I smoked weed like twice last year (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like, that's it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. They're like, well, we found traces of, and I can't remember, like, I don't even know if they told us the exact drugs, but they found, they, they said we found traces of hard drugs in this camper. So then I look at Scott and I'm like, I'm like, Dude. what What have you got me into here? <laughs> Scott's like, well, that's impossible. I don't know what, I don't know how that would, how anything would be in there. It's like, are, are you saying that you found something in there? They're like, no, we found traces. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Uh, so anyway, we sat around there. It seemed like two or three hours. And then eventually they came back and said, all right, you guys can go. So it seemed like they oh, were man. more more messing with us. But yeah, when I was, Scott wasn't even like sweating. I think he kind of knew they were. They oh, were really? With us, but pulling that string. pretty nervous. Well, so Schiffner told me, so his version of the story was that, that you were, you were pretty young and it was your first, one of your first times across the border. And, and he was like, uh, the border guys stopped you and, he didn't mention the fake ID thing, but he said that they found some kind of trace amounts of like heroin or something on the steering wheel or some kind of shit. They pulled off like the air filter in your truck, in the truck. Cause they were trying to see if you guys had any drugs in there, but then they, he, so Schiffner said he was like, yeah. And then, uh, and then he just, the border guys just start saying, where's the drugs? Where's the drugs guys? And it's like really like hammered into you guys like, where's the drugs? Then he said that you broke down and you're like, I tried marijuana once. And <laughs> that was his side of the story. But. Yeah. Well, probably some truth is probably somewhere. In the That's fucking funny. Uh, shit. Yeah. I do remember being like kind of scared though. Like shit, like yeah. in trouble for that. You don't really know when you're 16. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> so who, who's the favorite child in the best plug house? Is it you or your two time champ at the Calgary stampede sister? Chill. It's my sister. Yeah. They sister? told me. I asked oh, okay. them last Christmas. They told me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. But it had to be, had to be uh neat to follow that though. And, and, and win that title to at Calgary after she had won it. Right. Had to be, had to be, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I was always like super proud of her accomplishments. Um, her and that, well, and that horse that uh, yeah, my, my said trained. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a kind of a team deal with everybody. So I was always like, I was always super, you know, pumped at uh, about her success. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool that we have a couple of the same accomplishments. I have a few more than her, but. <laughs> <laughs> no big. Did you ever enter like any of the all around stuff like in like Hannah or those rodeos where all the boys would do stuff? Would you oh, yeah, get in on that action? Yeah, yeah. I, I roped calves in uh, Innisfail and and then Hannah once 
So I was like, I was 13, like 13, seven or something in, in a spell. Nice. My next fastest time was like 24 seconds. <laughs> man, calf rope is hard. It is. It is. It's a lot of fun though, man. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. You had like, I mean, you have to have a good horses and you got to have a spot to do it all the time, but I loved it though. I would, I would love to do more of it if the opportunity presented itself. You, you did a few events in college too, right? When you were in Odessa, is that right or wrong? No, no, no. I, no, I would. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I just rode bulls. I used to, okay. I, I always liked tying calves and stuff, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I just messed around those few times. Neither. Why did you have a cast on at your wedding? Question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah i i broke uh i jumped off tyler's roof and broke my leg in two spots <laughs> i mean yeah it's not as cool uh that's like yeah that that was a real pain in the ass um yeah bet. yeah that was like, like four days before i got married so i was not everybody was pissed at me. it was at my bachelor party jump off on a roof. tuesday yeah <laughs> i didn't even see it but i think i remember t- like who took you to the hospital was, was it your dad Clark? Tommy, Tommy Clark, Clark yeah. because my sister was working at that. Well, she still does at the same hospital. That's right, right close to Tyler. So I just thought it, I knew it was broken, but I thought it was just, you know, one of those bones and they'd put a cast on it and be fine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we got there, so I called my sister and said, Hey, can you come, can you come over here and like get me in right away so I can get back to, to this party? To the stag. <laughs> yeah. And so she does, she comes down there, gets me in right away. Uh, they x-ray it. They're like, the guy comes out and he says, uh, he's like, you're not going to be very happy, but you've got two broken bones. We need to take you to Calgary tonight. You got to get surgery. And uh, I'm like, how long's the, like, how long's the recovery? He's like, yeah, it's like three months to get your cast off. And the CFR is in three months from, from then. Right. So yeah, I'm like, oh man, that turned into a pretty big, pretty big fuck up. But that being said, yeah, everybody was pissed at me. And, uh, but then, uh, I did go to the, I did go, that's when, so I wrote, I got a, had a cast built that could go in a big boot. Mm-hmm. And that was when I rode Red Stag. I won the first two mm-hmm. rounds there with the, like that and proved, my dad was pissed at me, told me, told me, he's like, well, you really, you really messed up. You really fucked up your whole season now with this. I was like, I, you know, I know, I don't need you to tell me. I know, I know what I've done. <laughs> you win the first three rounds. Take that dad. Oh, <laughs> Lee. <laughs> And so 14 was, uh, was one of the years that butter won, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't win it. Oh, too, shit. So who knows? But you didn't get the rodeo since, since Okotoks, like you were, you missed the, like the last. Well, I only went year. to, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It wasn't many that year. Yeah. Huh. Shit. But that was a, that was a fun one. And then she, <laughs> and then she still married you though. So it's okay. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I remember that night I was sitting in a, uh, sitting in like the night of my bachelor party, I'm sitting in the, in a hospital room with, uh, and then my phone died. Everybody's pissed at me. And, uh, yeah, I was like there for like two days till anybody came, found out, <laughs> came and got me. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I was that, it's just when my room, <laughs> phone dies. I'm just all depressed on the night of my bachelor party. All my friends. Dude, Sounds like they had a great time though. So. <laughs> I don't really remember much of it. Like I remember parts of it. I think it was on like a Tuesday. Or did you get married? Oh, Cowboys are the only guys who have uh, bachelor parties on Tuesdays because there's on rodeos Tuesdays. on the weekend. In August. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, you've got to talk about Brazil a little bit. Cause, so I went down there a couple different times. And then I remember you being, I don't know if it was on uh, 
hell on hooves or where I saw that you were super bummed because you got hurt before the World Cup in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a different show. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was on the history. Oh, it was Life on the Circuit. That was, yeah, what, it yeah. was what it was. Oh, I remember yeah, that show that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was supposed so, to be uh, Barreto's was supposed to go to. And yeah. Then, yeah. Um, yeah, I got hurt right before it. And so you missed that one. I remember seeing that and then somehow I got hooked up with these Brazilian guys and then uh, I think it was you... I, I called him. I called you at some point because we got to be friends around the time, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to go do this Brazil thing?" And so I got you hooked up to go down there with it was you and Billy Richards and Turkey, <laughs> and I think like Stetson Lawrence. I think you guys didn't have any fun, but just I just want to talk about that, just the experience and how much different things are in Brazil. It's just such a yeah. neat place. Oh, it's crazy, man! I I love it. I love it there. Um, the uh, the events we went to two events I went to, I think the one had like 60,000 people at it. The other one was like 50,000. And so both of them were, uh, both of them were huge rodeos, but at the same time, they were almost like a pre-show for, uh, for major concerts, um, like Brazilian country bands that were huge. Uh, so these, yeah, these places were massive and it wasn't uh, traditional seating either. It was almost like these massive platforms all over the place with hundreds or th- some of them, I'm sure thousands of people, but uh, lots of them were like it was like its own nightclub would just be a huge platform and you know there's a rodeo or concert going on down here and uh, you know and there's a huge party going on it was just it was the craziest atmosphere I've ever seen and they don't nothing closes ever there like the, the party keeps going until just people eventually leave the next day and I fall asleep. Uh, it was wild though and the I mean the the competition was was awesome like it was so fun competing down there like so many tough guys and the bulls aren't mean. So it's like, it's a whole different, uh, whole different dynamic there. Bulls were awesome to get on. Um, yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. Tell me about the restaurant where everybody started chanting Billy's name. Didn't you ride like the craziest bronc in Brazil or what was the story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Billy was like famous, like Billy's famous here, you know, just, be, just for how funny he is. And yeah, he didn't even speak the language down there, but he was famous right away. Like everybody knew who he was and loved him. And yeah, he rode, like their bronc riding isn't that good. So it, you know, I think Billy, I think Billy made some like, okay rides that, that looked really good, but everybody, everybody knew him. And I forget what happened in that restaurant, but I think more than anything, just Billy just got a whole kind of crowd just kind of on his side and got him, got him going and pretty soon had them chanting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought awesome. the I thought he like rode the toughest bronc in Brazil and it was big hyped up at the rodeo. And then everybody like, I know Turkey tells a story about everybody going like Billy, Billy. And it was like, it was cause he rode this, this bronc or something. And it, it was, he was the, the superstar yeah. of the fucking. I mean, yeah, I can't remember video. details like that, but, but that sounds about right though. Fair enough. <laughs> and you went, didn't you go back to Brazil a couple months later too? Yeah. Like to go back another time? Yeah. Yeah. Went back, went to a PBR a couple months later. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that country is awesome. Like, uh, especially the part we were hanging out in is kind of the, it was kind of like, you know, like how Stephenville is where it's just, there's cowboys everywhere and it's, you know, people, um, you run into people you rodeo with, you know, in town, uh, the area was kind of like that. And, uh, yeah, just, man, it was a blast. I'd love to go back. Oh yeah. Sometime, sometime. Wait, so you got anything else? Or should we wrap it up? Chad, anything else too? We miss anything? I think we got quite a bit there. My, my, this is, this has been awesome. It's been good. Yeah, Ben, you guys got to get Tanner on Tanner Girl. Let's help. He's, we, he's got some classic stories. We had him on a while ago, but my next one is with him and Devin. I, I've talked uh, to Devin today before we did the show too. Yeah, and uh, 
I want to do that'd one be a fun one, Devin. I think it'd be a yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin, Devin, Devin will be hilarious too. Oh so yeah, that'd be good. They can spin um, a yarn, those fellas. Yeah. The definition, then we'll wrap it up. Definition, eh? yeah, man. This is again, this has been so much fun, dude. It's it's fun to chat and tell yeah. old stories and and have some laughs. But yeah, one more question: What is your definition of cowboy shit? Uh, it's uh, can it it can be as many words as I want, as uh, many as you yeah, want, man. Yeah, favorite. cowboy shit is uh, is doing like doing the hard thing that nobody else wants to do um coming from behind uh kind of when all odds are stacked against you and and you show up anyway um i think that's that's cowboy shit trying as hard as you possibly can in every every imaginable situation showing up in calgary on a rainy sunday when everybody else doesn't want to be there (laughs) (laughs) i I forgot about another story uh remember the time in edmonton when it was it your first or second one that you won it was one of the second in 2013. Remember when I ran in the dressing room and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, a, I thought, remember, I remember that was a cool story. That was a cool moment. Yeah. So that, that was another, um, that was 2013. So I'd had uh, 2012 after the Canadian finals, I had shoulder surgery right away. And then I didn't come back till um, Innisfail and then some other injury happened, but I actually only went to, I think it was 12 rodeos that year. But oh, yeah, you had to get an exemption the, to go to the finals. Yeah, because they well, they had a rule in there that you had to go to what like 15. at least one. Well, but then there was a another thing in there that said like 50% of, of the rodeos until your injury or after your injury. And so then I so I fell into that um, between the, the, the two or a couple injuries. Um so yeah, so I still qualified. So but I was you know coming from behind that whole time and then um I think I, I think I only want to buy a couple hundred bucks. So it was, uh, and I didn't think I had that. So that was kind of the, I was, I was disappointed walking back to the dressing room. I was just sitting in there, t- you know, getting untaped. And uh, um, I knew there was kind of a chance, but I just, I thought I'd, you know, you kind of go back and think, you know, when things are close, you go back and you're like, man, you know, there's, I lost this somewhere along the way, but then uh, yeah, it was like exciting news. <laughs> <laughs> and came running in pointed at me and was like yeah it was a pretty good memory <laughs> that one that's probably one i won't ever forget because i was working with the cpa at the time and for some reason i had the results and i had to go get chad i had to go get the winner right to go get in the like in the ceremony and shit to go get the buckle and everything so i like darted down to the dressing room and i just like ran in busted in there i saw chad and i was like and then he just he knew it was him and shifner you beat shifner by like less than 100 bucks or like 100 bucks or maybe it was four, it was like under 500 it was really tight but you yeah. guys were everybody's sitting in there after the finals is real quiet. Nobody knows what happened yet. Everybody's just kind of waiting. And, and then, yeah, I just busted in there and just pointed at Chad. And then you got, everybody was like, yeah, everybody like everybody celebrated, right? Everybody was happy for you. And everybody like, yeah. except I think except yeah. Scott, he, he didn't jump up, but like he was, <laughs> he was sad, it, right? No, no. And no, it's Scott in uh, he, uh, cause like, you know, I had the thought went through my head. Like if, if Scott wins, like I got to get over and I got to be the first one to shake his hand. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of, and sure enough. Yeah. When you point at me, he, I, I do remember him kind of, he, cause we were across the room from each other and he, yeah. he jumped across and made sure he, he was the first one. Cause it's disappointing being in that spot, you know? Oh yeah. And be number two. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking to myself, you got to do that if you, if you lose here, which I was pretty sure I was going to. So, um, hmm. but yeah, no, it was cool. Those are, you know, those are such great memories. Like those, uh, those locker room times. Cause the guys are, uh, I remember like that every year, anybody won there. Um, it was a, it was a celebration in there and everybody's it, uh, it's a true brotherhood for sure. The, uh, grand slam on the last ride. I remember that Finkel's yeah. dog. And then, but then you fell off in the first round white devil. Did you win the, the SC award? 
after the first round? Yeah, Ooh. I think not. No, yeah, no. yeah, I can't remember. Probably, can't remember. probably, maybe, but maybe uh, probably against Finkel's dog. Yeah, there was a couple I fell off of there. Can't remember. That was Finkel's dog. Was the second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I rode four. Must be four that year. Four of six. Yeah, I remember the Costa Nostra ride was a real cool one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I guess thirteen would have been was thirteen. 13 might have been one of the last CFRs Posse was at, too. I think, yeah, because I think Maybe 2014 not. he made the world finals. So, yeah. Uh, so a few or, or he just mainly went down there and didn't come up here much. So, I think you're right. We better talk about that a little bit. I forget about the foundation stuff sometimes. But we, like, you and I helped get that thing going. And, like, Ty was a good friend. And talk about some of your memories of him before we finish up here. Uh, I mean, yes. So like Ty was so much fun to, to travel with, right? Like he kind of like, he was like a little brother, you know, his kind of childish innocence and, you know, he just was hilarious. I loved, uh, even after we, I used to make him retell me stories. Like I have so many hilarious stories from him, like not stuff (laughs) we can tell on here, but I used to make him repeat them and tell them to me, even though I knew (laughs) how the stories went, but uh, no, he just was hilarious and he wrote so good. I can still remember the first time I saw him um somewhere in Saskatchewan and I was I you know not often you see a kid that like really has it but uh with him I could just tell right away and like I met him later that night and told him we need to start traveling together and shortly after that after that we were so yeah he was a lot of fun though what's one of your most what's one of your most fun memories of Ty that you can you can tell uh probably the Disneyland stuff uh just (laughs) because it was just so ridiculous and funny like we uh so it was after I won Calgary. I was just joking around on stage, but I said, we were, that's what I was doing with the money. I said, my friends and I are going to Disneyland. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so then somebody from Disneyland heard about it and they, and they gave us, uh, they hooked us, they gave us uh, rooms at, uh, at uh, the Fantasyland Hotel. Or I don't know, no, that's in Edmonton, but you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. like the real Disney hotel and right, right in Disneyland and then, uh, and then passes and stuff, which, I mean, I was like 25 at, at this point or 26 so i really didn't want to go to disneyland at all in fact i hate like i hate stuff like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but those two they were you know 19 or 20 and they yeah they they were fired up about it so we uh, we had a blast so pause one night we're coming from like san antonio and we uh pretty much like drank on the flight the whole way the whole way to disneyland so we get there and we're we're uh like we're pretty we're having a pretty good time for some reason, Ty's wearing his swim trunks already. I can't remember how he got, <laughs> but uh, on the plane, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he changed on the plane or something. But <laughs> we get there and there's like a there's a big pool, like a huge pool courtyard. You have to kind of walk by to go to your room, and so it's full of you know like eight year old kids playing. And Ty just goes running, just takes his takes his shirt off, drops his bags, just goes running and cannonballs in the middle. And <laughs> I've got a walking behind. Krusty and I are walking behind, like look at because the all parents are terrified because there's just a bunch of grown-ups now that are are hammered that are just hammered up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then man. after that, him and, him and Krusty, they would wake up like first thing in the morning. We're there for three days, I think. But they wake up first thing in the morning and go on rides all day long. And they like they had a blast. <laughs> they had a blast. It was huh. funny. What did you do? Or did you and Ed go get to, into some extracurriculars? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would venture, I mostly stayed in the, in the hotel room or hotel bar. <laughs> get out into that mess. There you go. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I don't know what else here, Chad. I think we better wrap it up. 
That's yeah. awesome. No, what that we missed? We're good. Happy? We're good, man. That was fun. Okay, awesome. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for our thanks to our guest, Chad. Best plug. All the best with uh, with all your events coming up this year. Hope uh, hope we get to have a few and for the yeah. rest of this year. And all the best with the arena with John Scott. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing the last show with us too for the for the top yeah. ten. We gotta think of something for a hundredth show. We don't know what to do yet, but yeah, yeah, we got something good. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. That was a blast. Keep up, keep up the great work with this. Much appreciated. Thanks for the time, Chad. It's awesome. This week we have on animal fights we have whatever versus whatever. <laughs> Who will prevail? Fuck. <laughs> um man, there this fucking CPRA schedule is looking a little bleak. Mm. A lot of rodeos have canceled already, yeah. Oofta. It's greasy looking. Wainwright, Sundry, High River. Like I said in the last little section there, hopefully um the people the are ready to roll. Holding out. TP mm. Creek still on. Morris, Lee Park, Sundry, St- Stavely. Stavely, that's wild. There's a lot like later in the year that are kind of slow and like still going though. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay. Thanks again to Chad. Best plug for being on the show this week. Appreciate the visit. That was uh, that was some good stuff. Again, check out Chad at alphabolevents.com. Check out what he's up to. Check out the merch in stores all around and uh, and look forward to an, an alphabetical event near you this mm-hmm. year. That was fun. That was a good chat. He's been on the go. Yeah. I, I, always, I always enjoy talking with people like Chad and whatever mm-hmm. who have like a different, that out, kind of outside thinking mindset, kind of similar like Scott Davis and stuff like that where I'm looking for new ways to improve and make it better. I appreciated that we uh, dug down and found out some new stuff that not everybody <laughs> yeah. might know that chad was on the track team at the u of a man that's a cool story yeah. i like that that's, that's yeah. so funny yeah yeah that's good shit there, there's probably a bunch more shit like that that i didn't even know about either too probably that i could have maybe found out but we'll leave that for the next show okay this week on animal fights <laughs> i think that's what we go we gotta go right to should we do playoff predictions first then cap off the animal fights do we need to keep the people waiting I think it's a good way to think icing on the cake of the episode. Cause I mean, like, like, let us know what you think. Playoffs. What do you got, Waze? Who are you picking? Playoffs? Oh, are we doing like each just cup winner? I don't know. We never, we never fucking follow up on this shit. <laughs> I, I think I, down. I could say, uh, what's today? May, whatever today is. Sure. May. Yeah. Write it down and then we'll go from there. Okay. So you got Minnesota, Vegas. Minnesota, Vegas. I'm going to take Minnesota in six games. I think they're a good team. I'm gonna I think take, Vegas is going to be in trouble. I got Vegas in seven. I'm going to be wrong, though, because the Flowers playing out of his mind. But anyways. Tampa Bay versus Florida. Man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go Florida in seven. Even though I got 10 bucks on Tampa Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay in like five. No, six. No way, dude. That's going to be like a six or seven gamer for sure. Carolina, Nashville. Nashville in six. 
Okay, well, I'm just gonna keep like going against you. So I'm gonna. Say Why? That. Why can't you agree, man? Nashville, Nashville's buzzing, dude. They've been playing so well, like going into the playoffs. You gotta put some analysis behind. They can't just be you listing off teams. Yeah, well, here's my analysis. You didn't fucking believe that James Ryan was a good pick as a goalie in our draft, and it turns out Carolina was good. So people are wrong all the time, man. I know. <laughs> I'm going uh, uh, Carolina in six. Then take it. Carolina's a good uh, team, man. They're a good team. Who else do we have? I'm just going off the top of my head. I know we have Montreal, uh, Montreal, Toronto, Toronto, but I didn't want to do that one yet. Okay. Uh, uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and we have uh, Colorado and St. Louis. Yeah, Colorado. I'm gonna call Colorado in five. Yeah, I'm going with you on that. Colorado's one. a wagon, man. They're so good. I'm gonna go. I might go Colorado in four. Just wipe the floor. Really? You think so? Oh man, those Stun. guys are good at hockey. Yeah. Okay, so then we have uh, that's Pittsburgh and New York Islanders. Yeah, Pittsburgh and NYI. I got Pitt in seven. Wacy seven. Uh, NY. The New Islanders are off to a start though. Mm-hmm. I I gotta agree with you on the Pittsburgh though. They're buzzing, um, dude. They're a good team. And you got go Uncle Sid. Six games. Although, ah uh, no, I'm gonna go with Felisco. I'm gonna oh, man. go with our Felisco oh, guy. Come on. I'm gonna go six. I like to have some change up there. One, two, so three, then four, five, six, seven. New York and Boston. Washington, Boston. Washington, Boston. Sorry, yeah. What do you got? Uh, Washington. Washington wins the first game. Washington, okay, Washington, six probably. Um, man, I picked Boston on this one already, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Boston in seven. Okay, let's go Edmonton, Winnipeg. No, let's Edmonton. go Montreal, Toronto. Uh, Toronto in six. Or not? Sorry, Montreal in six. Oh, really? Man, carry playoff carry Price is gonna be the savior for the Canadians. I hope that they win too. I'm going to say just, Montreal just, in seven. Just for the sake of it, I just don't want the Leafs to win. Sorry, Toronto. Okay, I'm picking Edmonton, <laughs> obviously. Edmonton in five. I'll take Edmonton as well because the Jets are not going to be. Uh, I was going to say, I'd say six. The Jets okay. will put up a fight and Halibut might steal a game or two. Okay. But it's hard well, to beat McJesus. That gets us two weeks in. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that for now. We won't Let go any know. further. We'll go two weeks at a time. Although, why don't you? Why don't we pick uh, a winner? The whole thing. Cup, we'll cup winner. I'm gonna take. Jeez, uh, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Colorado over who you think? Colorado over Florida. <laughs> That's gonna be that'd be a banger of a cup one. That'd be like a rematch, I think. I don't know when. The, yeah, because I think the last time the Panthers went deep in the playoffs, they played Colorado. That wasn't Patrick Roy, like, had all the, black, the rats thrown at him. Huh. I don't know that one. Man, I really think that uh, I really think that we could have a Canadian team do well here, but I don't know how they're going to Guaranteed hold in the conference final, man. Yeah. It's the thing with, like, if like a team like the Oilers, man, they're ride and die Mike Smith. Like, they go as far as oh, Mike Smith is going to take them. Koskinen is so bad. He's a brutal He's goalie. so bad. He's a brutal goalie. But playoff, playoff Smitty, man, he can come through for the homies for sure. I, I would never count Smitty out in that scenario. Man, I think the frontrunners here are definitely Colorado. I think Colorado. Or Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Although Minnesota looked le- legit today too. So, man, I think I'd go Colorado too, but I'm going to go Colorado over. Uh, I I think your East winner is going to be Tampa again, especially when getting Kucherov and fucking – Stamkos you got two goals tonight. You got two goals oh. tonight, Kucherov. 
Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's just fucking. That's not even fair that they can get those two guys <laughs> back to the playoffs. Like, could you imagine? Man, that's like Edmonton getting McDavid and Drysaddle back just for the playoffs. Like, that's fucked up. They didn't break any rules though. Like, good on their like good on their front office for like finessing the cap like they did. Like, that's there's a smart. flaw in the system that's, if they can get away with that. That's the CB. They signed it. Like the, the NHL and the the players like signed the the deal to have, be able to do that shit. So I mean, that's it's, fucked up. That's sick. I, I wish the other teams were as smart as that. Yeah, Edmonton should have brought Clefbaum back. They should have had him dialed in for this, but whatever. We yeah. did that. Or, or got a good goalie because Koskinen is. That's Smitty. He's Probably almost nice forty, but terrible at goalie. Okay, this week on Animal Fights. This has become a, one of our like popular segments. People really like this. Man, first I like off, it too. I think we have to do a poll of all of our people, and I think just by the slightest of edges, based on the comments I just read on Facebook. Um, Heather Getz says, uh, unless a uh, gorilla has a knife or a gun, he's not going to beat the Grizzlies. Okay, so we, I think we need to set some parameters moving forward, too. So this is going to be gladiator ring fight between each animal, okay? Like, it's, it doesn't matter. It's not just, what, not what just the in the, just, not just in the, I know, but just, I'm just fight. saying, like, this is not, this is going to be a fight in like a ring. It's not going to be like in nature, like, whatever. Like, this is going to be like, we're in a gladiator ring animal versus like ostrich versus kangaroo or ostrich versus um orangutan orangutan and then gorilla versus grizzly bear okay okay so grizzly bear fucks that gorilla up bad Not a, i don't think so man i no, still like, like I'm, t- I'm going by what people said this is like the feedback i got i know but i still fucking i can still you can have that leave in the gorilla that opinion but the people have spoken and the grizzly is the champion. No, we're, so we're going to put the poll. We're going to put a poll on a legit poll on Instagram up and then we'll see where the votes are. Well, the votes are from the feedback that I got. <laughs> that the grizzly yeah, no, the yeah, of the gorilla. Anyways, whatever. You can I do that. The grill's going to win. I've had, some, gonna, I've had, I've had decent win. amount of supports for my cause too. Anyways, you, new week, new animal fights. Unless you have, unless you boost the post to your friends only. How can I do that? Win. I'm just saying, man, I think that might be, I'm not going to sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to believe your poll. I it might be fake news. We'll see what happens, but I, the people have spoken and, and it's the Grizzly wins for sure. We need someone to make us an animal fights graphic for Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Wacy, here we go. This is our this next week. one. And it actually came from a friend because I'm not very good at making these things up. I got some support. So from Cassie Hausauer, Lipstick and Cowboy Boots podcast, and her boyfriend, Cole, here's the first one, Wacy. Only one. There's only one a week. I know. I was just saying one okay. right now. A feral farm barn cat versus a champion cockfighting bird. The cockfighting bird. You think so? Guaranteed. Yeah. This is 100%. A gre- yes. This is a greasy. No, because cats are flight. Big. Cats are flight. They're not. Cat. They're not fight animals. A fighting cock. It's in his name. He, that cock's gonna fuck you up. He's gonna <laughs> fight. But a feral cat, like their their natural instinct would be to like swipe and run. I don't know, man. They've that got those, gonna be a flight. But like, I think. Uh, but it, like a a dirty, old, hungry, yeah. nasty old barn cat. That thing, like that fucking cock's gonna walk out there with his fucking chest puffed out, and then just <laughs> his fucking talons are gonna shred that little kitty apart, man. <laughs> like you, like that the the cat though would be technically a uh, what I say, like it's hungry. Like you're talking about underdogs, basically. Like this thing might be the true underdog. You you were the underdog yeah. guy the last couple times. Like okay, 
I thought you might be the underdog guy with the cat. No, I, I also fucking hate cats, so <laughs> I'm not ever gonna pick a cat. I want the cock to. I want the, the fighting cock to mess the cat up. Okay, but the so the fighting cock has talons, like the like it's claws, they, and right? they fight, and they the razor sharp, and they're and they're sharp. I agree. I agree. 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 So far. So then you've got the cat though that's got the you know they've got sharp ass teeth and really fucking sharp claws, which I don't know. If they're sharper, like I don't know on the sharpness scale how they would register against the fighting bird. The, the only the problem that the issue is, is though, because like the only way the cat's gonna get in tight to use its teeth is if it grabs the chicken forward. But then the chicken is a gravity, you can just go for the neck, you can just go for the kill shot and just pounce and just but the, but the chicken that, that like just like how got a like, beak, he doesn't have fucking teeth, but his mouth but his really talons though can like they, the, keep him keep him at a distance. Bird. Yeah, you know? I don't I, I think it's I think it's the chicken. It's a good, Fuck it's a good cat. match. It's a good match, right? That's a, that's a pretty that's a good, good match. matchup. Bad, yeah, that's a pretty good match. Pretty like good it. matchup. It's, it's, we're going from large animals with our last show to small animal. It's a small animal. I'm fight open for any, any type show. of animal fight. Any type of animal fight. <laughs> we'll never actually go through this because we might get into some trouble, no, but we're not going through this. This is all <laughs> no, no, hypothetical, no. hypothetical matches on yeah. what we think. This is in our, in our cowboy shit, animal stuff. fights, gladiator ring. Yeah. This is just some <laughs> crazy fucking idea. Wacy came up with and Now we're rolling with it. We get on these little trains sometimes, and I apologize and for I, those that have already we've already lost you on this. But for I those of you stuck around, you're the true this. fans. People you're like the this. true fans. It's hey. crazy conversation. I think that man, I yeah, the, the chickens, the chicken takes that. It's kind of sad that we have to create animal fights for people to be interested in our Western podcast. There's nothing going like, on in our Western world to be. Hey, a little bit of stuff happening, not much up our way. But there's some stuff going on in the U.S. of A. So what are we gonna do at, those? Talk. What are we gonna do those? Talk about the results of that. People don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, I'm not that interested. Although I gotta gotta give a shout out to Case Thompson, one uh, in Reading this last weekend. That was pretty cool. Oh, then like well, you can give you like well, Colby won the surfboard and uh, Corpus yeah. Christi. That's yeah, cool. exactly. That's From a our, okay, that's a cool prize. That's a really cool prize. I agree. That was really that's neat. so cool. I love like unique stuff like that. Yeah, he's gonna have that thing for like he probably won't ever use it, obviously, but like it's a pretty mm. neat prize. I think that's deadly. Yeah, man, I haven't looked at these standings in a while. What do we got here? We got. Um, Bareback riding. Nobody. Oh, Oren's 18th, so he's kind of close. And it's pretty early on. He's got 14,000 little ways out of the standings. So, but I, I think the Bronc riding might be like loaded right up with our Canadian guys, but I haven't paid attention lately. I couldn't even tell you, man. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Holy shit. Colby Wanchuk's number five in the world, man. Number nice. five could get a first NFR qualification. Would be that cool for the. Mm -hmm. Sherwood Brody Park, Banded. Alberta, man. Yeah. Dawson Hayes, number seven. Zeke Thurston, 11th. Jake Watson, 13th. Got a lot of guys Boys are fighting for the spots at the finals. Ben Anderson, 23rd. Man, Canadian Bronc riders are kicking some ass lately here. Mm -hmm. Case Thompson, with just with that win this weekend, 35th in the world after uh, winning Reading. Logan Hay, number 40. Cole Ashbacker, 43rd. Tyrell Larson, 45th. Man, we got a ton of guys in, in there right now. It's looking good. Nice. Um, after that, though, I don't know what other events. Steer Wrestling, Scott Ginther won, uh, also won, uh, what did he win? Circuit Finals. Circuit Finals. And he's third in the world in the Bulldog. And he's got 42,000 won already. That's pretty good this year on a, on, a, on a down year. It's a better season than he had last year. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Tanner Milan, 23rd as well. So... Got a couple guys in the mix here. What else? Don't we have? Didn't isn't wasn't Kyle Lucas first? Yeah, he was first in the world for a while too. 
no longer first in the world, now held down by Shane Hanchy. Kyle Lucas, though, fourth, man. He's got 34,000 one. That's big time. That's cool. That's big time. Uh, what else? We probably have a couple team ropers in there in the heading side. Let's just double check it quick. What else? Nope. Don't. Anyways, we'll call it good there, anyways. I think Is that so. good for the week? Yeah. I don't, oh, need, man. I don't need to narrate the standings. Yeah, that's true. Except <laughs> one other thing we should mention, though. Uh, Logan Beaver uh, making his debut this past weekend in Billings on the PBR's uh, Unleash the Beast. I remember I used that? to haul that young Beaver lad boy. to BRC events. Isn't that cool? My, my, my small little child boy. It's pretty. Uh, he would have been. He would have been. Yeah, just turned six. That guy just turned sixteen when he first started going to those BRCs, and he traveled to a few things. He's a good kid. I've always liked Logan. He's. It's. I'm happy to see that for him. He. He's uh, yeah, very talented. Shit, eh? Yeah. One thing I do got to talk about quick, Wacy. JB Mooney, number uh, eighteen in the PRCA World Standings. Nice. What do you think Has he been doing anything at the BFTs? Or what the... do you think about them apples? Good for him. Yeah, it's sweet. And Jordan Hansen, number. 38 in the PRC world standing so far this year. Um, I don't know if JB was even uh, in Billings this past weekend, actually. That might be a bit of a story. I think... Uh, I double check here. I don't know if he was or not. I don't know. Not, not taking anything away from JB, but like, yeah, at this point, he's probably going to be more successful at the PRCA level. He was not in Billings. And you think... You think... Uh, oh, sorry. Explain yourself. Well, just because you and I, you and I have talked about before too, whereas you make a lot more money on mediocre bull rides at the PRCA. Like he's gonna go ride those 80, 80 to eighty five point spinners all the time, and he's gonna win a couple thousand, three like th- th- between two and seven thousand at those rodeos with that probably. Where if you go into the PBR and he's riding those like weaker bulls, he's not gonna be making the same amount of cash. Logan Beaver was fifty seventh in the world and got into. Uh... Billings this past weekend, along with a couple guys further down than him, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Was my explanation good enough or would you, are you not paying attention? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I don't want to say that about JB cause he still rides. I think he still rides very well. Um, for, oh, for, and that tells me that I'm not taking anything away from him. I just think that at this point in his career, that's where he's going to, that's where he's going to be more successful just after seeing him the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know what to say, man. I think he's always wanted to make the NFR. So I think it's a goal before he retires to ride at the NFR. Just For sure. He could do it. And I think if he wanted to win in the PBR, he could still be at that elite level. And looking at the standings here, he's got, he's only got $400 in the standings. So I think that that means that he, and I haven't paid much attention. So I'm sorry to the folks mm-hmm. that have maybe been, been uh, around this year, but yeah, actually he just didn't have any, uh, show up checks and just made looks like he went to his five events and maybe maybe he has a few more to go uh i gotta get to the bottom of that i think but um yeah it's may and he's clearly in the prca right now so man i i don't know if he's taking a break or if he's quit it i i kind of want to get to the bottom of that we have to he just like to me man he hasn't been the same since he hurt his shoulder in calgary like it's he hasn't been the same guy yeah i don't know what to say man but like I don't know, I could be way out there or whatever, and I no, and I mean absolutely no disrespect, but like he, it just seems like something just changed after he hurt his shoulder there. Like even his style changed, and he just wasn't getting those slaying the dragons as much as he usually did, you know. 
which I mean, as and that's part of the like life and like as you progress through your career too, you're not gonna you're gonna lose a step here and look at any other player or like any other sport as they get older in any sport, right? They end up losing a few steps here and there, right? So, the uh, looking back at last fall though, wait, see, he was top five at four events in a row in October to make the world finals. Like this guy can turn it up when he wants to, and For I sure. wouldn't expect, I wouldn't doubt him to like just go and. But he has, when was the last time he was actually a contender like for the world title is what i'm saying like when was the last time um, like look. not like not for a long not for a few years um 28th and 2020 30th so the last time he was a contender was 2016 and the lot and the year he got hurt in calgary was 2017 what? or 18 17, 17 or 18, 18. Yeah. i forget when it was now but definitely uh definitely hurt him pretty good that year yeah. Won the world in 2015. 16 was third. Then he was 16th in 2017. Yeah, I have to go look at the like look at the season. But anyways, we'll leave that for another one. But uh, pretty uh, pretty neat to see him in the top eight, top you know top 20 in the PRCA. I mm-hmm. do think he'll be. Uh, I would expect to see him at the NFR this year. So that'll yeah, be, that's that'll like be that interesting. Sure. And I wonder if they'll play uh, bad bunk. That'll be the next probably uh, thing. I wonder. I see they. Uses PBR uh, headshot in the PRCA standard. Really, that's a big step for those guys. Yeah, interesting. They never acknowledge it though. I wonder if they call him a PBR world champion when they go to the rodeos. I'm curious. He's probably, probably just a bull riding legend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'll wrap it up for this week, episode 91. It's been Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this us meander around at the end here. Sean may edit all that out. But anyways, appreciate Chad Best Plug for being on the show this week. Thanks to our editor, Sean Morton. My co-host, he's Wacey Anderson. We've got some new cowboy shit at cowboyshit.ca. A couple new hats. They got these cool ropey thingies on them now. They're pretty Ropes. neat. They're so hot right now. Yeah, so hot right now. Good hats. So anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Ted Stoven. This has been Cowboy Shit, episode 91. We will catch up with you guys in a couple weeks. All right, bye. I wonder about my savior. I wonder, was I wrong? Just as soon as my feet touch die, I won't be in trouble no more. I won't be in trouble no more. Trouble, 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 trouble about my soul. No more trouble, 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 trouble all about my soul. Soon as my feet touch I won't be in trouble no more. 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 I won't be in trouble no more.